0: download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. I've gotta tell you, I really like the sound of that, and with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $5, win $400. If you're a new WinBet player, you can make your first deposit of $20 or more and become eligible for the offer after opting in. Following your first deposit, you can place a minimum $5 straight bet on any spread over under or money line wager with odds of minus 120 or greater and have a chance to win $400 as a free bet credit. Come on, guys and gals. Download the WinBet app now or visit dot tcom Download the app bet big and win bigger and let's get after it terms and conditions apply must be 21 or older and present in a state where win bet is available gambling problem, in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, in Colorado, Indiana New Jersey and Virginia call 1-800-GAMBLER and in Michigan 1-800-270-7117 Tennessee, y'all too 1-800-889-9789 Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast Mm.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Today, we got a pair of heavy hitters. Eric Dickerson talks about his new book, Watch My Smoke, stories about his time in LA, his career in the NFL, some college football stories from his SMU days, and uh, his childhood growing up in Texas. Daniel Jeremiah, Chris's co-content creator on Amazon's NFL Next, joins. We go over the NFL's playoff outlook, the Cowboys' worst matchup, Bills versus Patriots round three, Davis Mills, Joe Burrow, Marcus Davenport, and some potential college football draftees. In addition, Macon and Chris talked the Devil's Mayo Bowl, more succession, hit a Monday Night Football recap, and also hit a Good, Bad, Ugly. Enjoy this one today, folks. I hope y'all have a great day.
2: Columbia Missouri hello why why not why you know there's a why Arizona hello why I think I think there was probably a meeting and they were like hey we need a name for this place and somebody was like why and they were like perfect that's great next order of business yeah um but fear-mongering immigration let the, let the record
0: reflect. This is a Columbia, Missouri. Right. Pod. Okay. Columbia, today. Missouri, home of uh, Mizzou. Uh, other side of the state from St. Louis. Been there once. Drove through there once. John Hamm. Uh, Tennessee Williams. Fucking Cheryl Crow. She walking on sunshine?
2: Or is that somebody no, else? No, but
0: she's wiping her butt with one square of toilet paper. That was the urban legend. Or was that a real thing? Matt's nodding his head and I asked him is real he's like I don't know over there patronizing just what's what's
2: that song I'm uh what's that song I'm thinking of all I want to do I don't know if I'm big into Sheryl Crow Santa
0: Monica Boulevard I saw her live uh she was she was on another stage and Willie Nelson was on the other stage so I walked by Sheryl Crow for a little while and uh Sheryl Crow was pretty damn good live but yeah, the I toilet paper thing is just stuck in my Soak head. at the sun.
3: Yeah, and Sheryl Crow has said a ban on using t- too much toilet paper should be introduced to help the environment. I agree. Only one square per restroom visit. I,
0: I disagree. Per restroom visit? That's that's just like...
3: Except on those pesky occasions where two to three could be required. Well, well, oh to three,
0: let's not... S- <laughs> maybe she's I'm just gonna- talking about number ones. No, she's talking about number twos, dude one square that is antiquated that's an antiquated mindset i'm all for saving the planet but let's start with like all the forms at the doctor's office Mm -hmm. like how many how many squares of toilet paper is that
2: if i have updated my insurance i don't tell them yes same i don't please don't give me a form they give you the forms anyways ah you can just say it's all the same you can try
0: at least it's a big time waste of paper anyways
4: no comparison, we more solid than they are. Me
0: and Hitboy, they say we like the new gangstar. We're doing a, the new Nas project, which I'm sure you heard. Yes. Uh, there's a, this song called Wave Gods. It's got some primo scratches on there. And, I don't know uh, any of these words. <laughs> I think the production on this album's great. The album's called What Magic? And uh, I don't think there was a lot of lead up to this thing. I think it was like a week of promotion and Nas dropped the album. He's done like a ton of music in the last couple of years. anyways, I think this is awesome. I think the production on the album's awesome. Hit Boy is the producer who also did a Benny the Butcher uh, album that I forget the name of that I really like. You yeah. You out on the road <laughs> I <just want> to, <laughs> One more teacher, children must have a code. bomb Nope okay. We're not going any further. Um, and by the way, two things about that: Jerry Garcia. Played at the beginning of that that song. Somebody reminded me of that, but we were talking about that before we we uh, we came on the pod that day. That those guys were like, "Hey, Jerry, we trust you with starting this song out." Uh, and it was with uh, is it pedal steel or steel pedal? Because I got our guy Josh. I always fuck this up. By you know, I, I'm not really into saying words correctly. Pedal steel, pedal steel, pedal steel guitar. Yeah, it's pedal steel. I think I said steel pedal last last weekend, uh, our guy Josh, who, you know Josh, Stack? Oh yeah, Josh. He's got a lot of music opinions, uh, and one of them was like, hey man, you, you want credibility with the guitar people, you should probably get it. I'm like, oh well, no, I'm not really looking to be a musician. But uh, Jerry Garcia's on that song. What do we got today? We got Good, Bad, Ugly, uh, for old time's sake? Yeah, we do, and a birthday shout out. Oh, birthday shout out, Denzel Washington turned uh 67 67 which makes me feel old as fuck probably not him though because he looks 32 what's your favorite denzel film uh i think it was flight i think flight and that's uh training day and flight training day and flight i don't a lot of people say man on fire i think if you go back and look at man on fire you're not gonna like it as much i'm not saying it's not a good movie but i don't think it's aged as well as a training day
2: I, i don't watch a lot of his work i've I've come to learn over the last 30
0: seconds. Which was a I, jarring thing to to hear. I don't know a single human being that doesn't like Denzel Washington movies. No, no,
2: no. Ah, you I, said you, you also it
0: don't long enjoy... Long. You, 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 go ahead.
2: Okay. May, well, maybe that's true. They're Denzel's just, not
0: going to hear the pod. He doesn't Like, give something
2: bad happens and then he saves it. Like, that's not really my genre of film.
0: I... Yeah. What did I say? I like Inside Man. I've seen that. that Inside Man. Okay. You, the guys in the back. You got anything? Reed, Kingston,
1: Crimson Tide. Ooh. We like Crimson Tide. Great uh, performances from Gene Hackman and uh, Vigo Mortensen, James Gandolfini. Oh, Vigo.
0: Young Vigo. Yes.
1: Steve Zahn, Ryan Felipe in that as well. Wow.
0: I love submarine movies.
3: Crimson Tide's awesome. Uh, Quentin Tarantino actually wrote some of the lines for that script in an uncredited way. There's like
0: foot stuff going on in the yeah. submarine, just like inside <laughs> like, the actor's like studio. Just, over just over out here. of here. What? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, man, yeah, well, yeah and Stone. I was
3: going to connect it because Tarantino said that Unstoppable was one of his favorite films. Of the is that 2010s. a movie about a train? <laughs> it was a movie about a train. And Denzel in there. and Rosaria is Dawson. Yeah. Rosaria Dawson's in that one. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. it wouldn't go that far. That's probably my second
0: favorite Denzel the right. second favorite Denzel movie is the train movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's like shot one place. There's just like, hey, there's a train coming. Isn't We've Philadelphia a, a good film?
3: Philadelphia is a really good film. That, that's the thing about these Denzel I haven't seen movies. That. The Pelican Brief has got to be number one for you me.
2: Sa- not a Denzel film. You said watch Don't Look Up, huh? Despite its Rotten Tomatoes review?
0: Yeah, we talked Don't about it on the up. last podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll go for, I, I will go. For, yeah, Flight and Training Day. I want to I make sure I know. You said American Gangsters. Fences was really good. You guys watch a lot of movies. Like most people, we've seen many Denzel
3: movies. You are talking about Howie Long's favorite actor.
0: Howie Long's favorite actor, Denzel Washington. Safe House.
3: Equalizer.
2: What? Oh, Equalizer's pretty good. These sound like awful TV shows on
0: CBS. Right after they 60 all Minutes. sound bad to you, huh? Malcolm X sounds bad to you. <laughs>
3: That one sounds pretty good. Glory sounds bad to you? You don't like the first African-American regiment in the Civil War?
0: Honestly, Glory as a title, yeah, sounds pretty
3: bad The Hurricane bad to me.
0: sounds bad to you? A song and a movie. Uh, uh, but a uh, movie, more importantly, about a uh, young African-American boxer who uh, was falsely accused of something terrible. Yeah, yeah, that song. These are all, you hate these movies.
2: The titles. The titles remind me of shitty CBS You don't like the Manchurian candidate?
0: Manchurian candidate might be up there, dude. I just saw that recently. He got game... Dude, we could go for days. Devil with a Blue Dress. Uh, That Duke Pep Band plays that one.
2: They also play every time we touch. What is that? Cascada? Is that how you say it? You just...
0: Hey, there was a comment in the... uh i thought it was i disagree okay but that guy the guy who wrote the comment macon is a pussy (laughs) he probably didn't like the last 10 seconds but bro we're like broing out on denzel movies you're like but what about the duke pep band (laughs) i didn't see that comment it was pretty funny i just went through i was and he he put the star (laughs) with the u i was like i know what you're writing uh, uh, I disagree tough thanks. guy um, thank you yeah also since we're in housekeeping of sorts I do want to absolutely take a steaming dump on a Scott Van Pelt take from his SV pod which is a lovely pod it's him and our friend Stanford Steve just shooting the breeze I
2: thought that was SVP OD like we're overdosing on SVP because we see him every night on the TV <laughs> you know, show
0: yeah no I can't OD on, on SVP bro I, I he does such a good job at midnight I'm just sitting there with my pen You know, just kind of relaxing. You get to see Steve in the corner kind of just giggling and sport coat t-shirt. That's right. Just makes me happy. It feels like I'm friends with those guys. And I am friends with them. We're friends with those guys. But I I know that's probably how everybody feels watching Scott and and Steve. Anyways, on the podcast, he said he likened eggnog to mayonnaise.
2: Oh, you're you're not going to like me anymore because these are lame sort of uh, just terrible
0: uh they're not even takes i've never had eggnog no it's a terrible take it's a terrible take I'm, I'm saying he's comparing eggnog to mayonnaise dude mayonnaise is the devil's nectar eggnog is good we talked about this eggnog is
2: good yeah what but isn't that like a isn't it a bourbon you put a bourbon in there
0: yeah but like just straight up eggnog i would drink a gallon oh how much money for you to drink a gallon th- on the air just go high
1: bucks you would drink
0: you would three. drink a gallon of eggnog for 100 he's 100 terrible a terrible negotiator that's not a lot of money i guess no not. it is a lot of money but you could have easily go gotten high, a few high. hundred out of me for a
2: gallon of eggnog so educate me eggnog in and of itself is not an alcoholic drink no dude it's just an it's it's a milky it's like soda sort of.
0: water it's then you put the alcohol in it okay yeah it's really good Reed, we're going to bring you a gallon of eggnog and I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll beat your price. I'll do 200. Perfect. But you got to do it on camera here. Good deal. And then we're going to follow what? you around the rest of the day. We're like tag you like a shark to see <laughs> how many times you squirt out of your butt. <laughs> Reed, Reed's want to go to the wall, man, and speaking of the devil's nectar, they just keep... Just more iterations is mayonnaise shit. And I get tagged and everything. I hey, think it's good content, even though it's not a bit. I hate the stuff. They're going to literally put dudes in like an electric chair after the games. They're going to strap them in. Figuratively. I can say yeah. that because they've moved on from that that practice. Yeah, In most places in America, I think Texas checking in. Texas, <laughs> you all still do that? anyways um they put them in the electric chair and they pour mayonnaise all over them like you don't have a choice you like i I think we're doing like a ha ha funny if you win the bowl game the winning coach gets doused in mayonnaise but they've taken a step further and i think in actuality if you're the winning coach of the mayo bowl duke's mayo bowl i'll say the sponsor fuck it i think i don't think you have a choice i think if you were to object you really would catch hell and that could potentially
2: be mac brown am i right yeah, Mac Brown. That could kill Mac Brown, dude.
0: <laughs> Mac Brown is a senior citizen. But you know what Mac Brown said, which I like. Mac Brown said, if we won a game, I'd let someone hit me in the face with a, pr- a frying pan. I don't care. Right. <laughs> Can't kill Mac Brown. Actually,
2: I know this. We uh, have moved on. Virginia abolished the death penalty, but we're just keeping like the chairs in the back or something.
3: They have an outlawed. The use of the electric. The article he's reading yet. is from two thousand three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was shocked, but you know. Also, Shane Beamer, um Ugh. your guy. I'm not a big mayonnaise guy. I mean, I'll gladly take one for the team on that one if it means we won a football game, but woof. Parking our cars in the same garage there, Shane. Yeah. But uh, you're a fucking corporate shill is what you are. If you're not willing to stand on your convictions as this stuff being dog shit, then you're just a corporate shill, Shane.
2: I appreciate his being a, a sellout as one well myself, but I don't, I'm don't. i not his biggest this fan. This is a bridge too far. Hey, I'm going to harken back to the happy birthday. Just came to me. Marcus Hagans.
0: Oh, Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday the 29th, Virginia happy football birthday, coach. Happy birthday, Marcus Higgins. Retained. No-brainer. His group, the best in the country, all right?
2: Wide receivers just catching every pass. high point everything. High-pointing everything.
0: Boxing out. High blocking. Books. They're high-pointing books. He rec- just You walk into a classroom, they're like, Here, give me the test first. Catches it, gets 100. He
2: recruits. Yeah. He represents his university and community very well. Yeah. No brand. He
0: doesn't even want this, like this praise. So oh, right, 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 Yeah, humble. We should probably move on. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, no. Happy birthday. And I've been watching Succession. Careful. Are we going to spoil anything for people? It was put this way the other day when I was on with Ryan Rosillo. He was like, hey, three seasons in, I think. It's fair at this point. I, and I, I, I think we're there. Okay, But just in case, skip ahead 30 seconds. And if we're still talking about it, do it again. It's fucking two buttons. If you're asleep at the wheel out there, it's not my fault. Logan dies. <laughs> I was about to say the exact same thing. Does he? No, I hope he doesn't. Uh, I mean, eventually, I, just, I would hope so. You heard what I said. I was about to say the exact same thing. Okay. I, I didn't say. Okay. So anyways, finish with season one. Nice it's uh it's very good tom is the dumbest person i've ever seen on screen he's my favorite there's a moment where he just accepts that he's a dumbass this <laughs> it's his wedding
2: this is yeah
0: oh the uh open marriage deal. oh my goodness but yeah, yeah no but uh, actually his bachelor party was probably worse oh right 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 where he had and you to, guys yeah. know what i'm talking about
2: that's here. the name of my uh fantasy team that's tom. champion. Wams Gans. That's his last name. I know. Right? I know. Wamsgans.
0: I was trying to enunciate it just yeah. so you didn't slow the pod down, but here it's we are. It's such a good
2: show. Hey, people say to me like on weekly, on yeah. a weekly basis yeah. that I remind them of fricking Greg the Egg, which I take as a compliment, but I'm not, I'm not
0: putting on that act. All right. I was here first. You were here first. Is, he's on your corner. Yeah. You don't remind me of Greg. Okay. I also want to say that Colin is the funniest person on the show. Uh, at this juncture, and he's a total fucking idiot. Who's he's
2: Colin? Connor. 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 Alan Ruck, formerly of Ferris Bueller
0: fame. Oh my god, yes. It is Ferris Bueller. It's Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Oh my god, yeah. I didn't watch that, sh- that movie as intently as you did. But uh, who writes for him? I mean, obviously, who, the guy who writes the... Jesse Armstrong. Jesse Armstrong, yeah. British guy. Sorry about, not that you'll ever hear this, but I thought your show sucked. It's actually pretty good. I got something. What do you got?
2: Officially... The Cucks are champions.
0: Yeah, we won Fantasy. Won the Fantasy League. Derrick Henry, uh, Liz Frank. Don't uh, matter. Don't matter. Uh, Brandon Cooks, COVID. Don't championship matter. Championship week, don't matter. Got the win. Got you it by, by a couple, 33. Yeah, 33, 33 points, and I, I don't think I was sweating the whole week. No offense, Tom.
2: Your, your three top performers, Debo, Samuel, Nick Chubb, Mark Andrews. Would you like to say anything to your troops?
0: to the charges. I appreciate y'all. We'll be back in two months. Like working out or? Yeah, working out. Okay. Yeah, getting ready for the next uh, next go at this thing. I
2: feel like you hear me say this a few times over the last week and it. You, I don't know if you're just
0: humble yourself, but I really am proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think a lot of people didn't think I could do this honestly. I mean, uh, and there, there is yes. the drafting this team on mushrooms thing.
2: I was going to talk around that. Okay, well, what a, suffice to say it was a good year for the, the Cucks. Boom or bust? Your guys boomed. Yeah, we boomed. We boomed. That's, oh, that's a good one. By the way, the Houses, they, they won third place. Yeah, good for the Houses. Little asterisks, <laughs> Which is? The whole forgot to set my lineup thing. Yeah, last but that's week not, why do I th- there's several people with asterisks because you, oh, and I just mispronounce the word like you do, you often did not set your lineup. In fact, I think Dick's Picks over there was set in your lineup half the time. Hey, we need to find
0: a van, though.
2: Yeah. The big winner here is, is the Lizard Kings. Who is are,
0: everybody for seeing Matt Conrath, formerly of the Rams. Six foot eight. Uh, six foot eight. Not 300 pounds anymore. Once was 300 pounds, but he's got a ride around and a beater of our choice. So I've been looking on Craigslist. He, been, went, he, he was five games
2: clear of second to last. He went one and 13. Do you think maybe he's looking for a new whip?
0: You got a free whip. I think we get the car back after he has to drive that motherfucker around. I'm not spending $800 on something and not getting it back. Okay. I did that last year with the billboard. There's no, you know, that billboard, as soon as you drive it off the lot, depreciates. You know, fucking read this one I found yesterday.
2: Have you checked to see if that billboard's down, by the way? They don't have you on like an auto deduct? Fuck. (laughs) Okay. I I told him to take it down. Divorce forces sale. Damn. 1993 Ford E350 passenger bus. Handicap equipped. Text only my new phone number. 757 and a, yeah. and a bunch of others. Divorce forces sale. Wow. Yeah. Dude. $1. $1, Located bro. in Virginia Beach. Seems like a situation
0: where I might get murdered. Divorce forces sale. This is a... But only for a dollar. Yeah, but this is the best part. The, the header, divorce, dot, 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 passenger bus, $1. Yeah. Divorce, divorce, divorce. Like on a car commercial. Hey, we could do stuff with that bus. We could like green light bus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paint it green. All right, so it's time for uh, Eric Dickerson now. You think you could tackle Eric Dickerson? No. Right now? No. He's 60 plus. No. No chance. Do you think you could? yeah maybe but like probably not maybe <laughs> when I played yeah but now like maybe not okay that's three years that you really fall off a cliff physically hey the uh the Colts are apparently
2: reaching out to quarterbacks if you got a call are you not a quarterback you can't maybe throw. the
3: Colts
0: um oh you're saying just in general I was saying if I was a quarterback definitely not the Saints I'm They can like edge you can stand up you see what being the Saints quarterback gets gets for you Let's talk about that game real quick. Ian Book. Ian Book. I thought he might
2: look a little better. God bless you.
0: But he didn't have a whole lot of time. He didn't. I think eight to ten sacks there on Ian Book. Uh, Ogba had a really good game. Listen, Miami played hard. Like A lot of times you sit there, it's 1030 at night. You're like, God, this game sucks. I don't want to watch Ian Book. It's like the worst game of the week. Even if the Dolphins get in, sorry, my Miami Herald, but like they're probably not going to win a single game, Uh, and they're probably not going to get in, right? But don't tell that to the Dolphins. They were out there hitting. They hit Kamara so fucking hard on third and thirty-one in the fourth quarter. Kamara was like, "What am I doing here?" Um, And by the way, the Saints look fed up in that game, like from the beginning. Marshawn Lattimore, dumb penalty, just like fuck it, kind of penalty. Then Wilkins is you know, aggravating Kamara and knocking the ball out of his hands and stuff. and Took his towel. Took his towel, and then there's a there's a personal foul. There's a mush. Like, you gotta be really fed up with the circumstance of your season and that sort of thing to, like, walk after somebody to mush them in the back of the head. Like, he's not even sneaking up on him. He's just like, fuck this. That team was tired. That team is tired. And Tua, I'm happy for him. Him and b flow might have found a, a situation where they're... They're not married to each other, but there's a better chance that they're going to be together next year, which is awkward, very awkward, because I don't know about you, but when you tell me you don't like me and you got no no use for me, like eventually that's going to come up when the going gets tough in the future. 198 yards on 26 attempts. Just kind of Just dinking and dunking. I love the completion percentage graphics that they throw up. They're like, here's uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tua. Best completion rates in the last six weeks. Air yards take away two. Yeah, Tua, Tua, man. Like I would just like to see him process like a quarter second quicker. Like a couple of these crossing routes that I'm like, okay, that's open. Like hit it, hit it, hit it. It's just not there. And the Mac Hollins pick. Listen, that's on him. I mean, he 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 badly overthrew that ball. But overall, I think he played a pretty good game. And he's tough, dude. It's third and four or something in the fourth quarter. You're up like. against a team that's not going to score another three points. And he's putting his head down at the sticks. I mean, he got blasted. I thought he was dead. He got up. Uh, The kid, actually, that took Godwin out is the one who blasted him. But Tua is really tough. He has my respect. And not that matters, but we are a pretty popular podcast. And now we're going to have Eric Dickerson on. Tick picks should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Visit TickPick.com, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K. Got rid of all the service fees that the other sites charge. TickPick guarantees the best prices on all of their NFL games. If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. If you're like me and you can't wait to get back into an NFL stadium, visit TickPick.com. I got one of the all-time greats here and on a franchise that has so many great players historically, the Rams, whether they're in L.A. or in St. Louis, so many great offensive players. He very well might be the best one of all time. Eric Dickerson, Pro Football Hall of Famer, absolute legend, great guy, took care of me when I was in St. Louis. Eric, how are you, man? I'm good. How you doing, Chris? I'm great. You, uh, you got a book coming out called Watch My Smoke.
4: Right, right. It comes out January 18th. That's the drop date of the book. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, and I think and what the reason I did the book is people always would say, Man, man, you have so many stories, man. You should you should write a book. And my kids, I would always tell my kids stories, you know, when they were younger. Uh, you know, I'd make up stories. And my, my both of my daughters, my my my, young, my my oldest and my youngest daughter would say, Man, you're the best storyteller. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, Well, thanks. And like I say, it just kind of kind of pivoted into that you know i said you know i think I, I would like to do a book so that's how that's how that process got started
0: what are the type of stories you could hear in there because everybody knows the on-field stuff but you've seen a lot at every level of football.
4: <laughs> well i mean you know chris i talk about everything i talk about you know you know being in indianapolis you know playing for the rams how that went down a lot of people think that you know that was kind of like the the i was a guy all after the money and all that kind of stuff but you got to understand the story you know and, and it was it's, and back in those days the media was different you know you didn't have a chance to or you didn't have social media yeah. you know when the media wrote something it was true people believed it and that, and that was that was the that was the narrative you know you're a bad guy you know you're ingrate you know i was i was called things i never heard of i mean i didn't know what an ingrate was i didn't know what a mouth was up I mean, in the country i <laughs> think I didn't know that. They recycled you
0: know? malcontent for OBJ, uh, I think. Uh, there was like you remember the unnamed source, it was like I haven't heard that fucking word in football in twenty years. So yeah.
4: You know, started, I think it started with me, I swear.
0: <laughs>
4: so, you know, I think the killing part was that how affected my mother. You know, my yeah. mother serious. I hate that crap. You know, I hate it because I know how I raised you, you know, I know kinda of, I know what kind of boy you are, you know, you what know, son you are. And so, you know, I just feel like it was it's, it's a bunch of stories about, you know, my high school, my high school coaches, my high school coach, but right? you know, how I, I loved the game of football, the love I had for it. And I mean, when I say I loved it, Chris, you know, you know the feeling. Man. I loved everything about it. And I said the sad thing about it is it's a game that you love so much. And at the end, it's a game that made me hate so much. And it's not about the game, it's how they make you feel about it. How they, how, you know, how the how the NFL can treat you and you know how how you know, political things are and you know, you know as well. I, I think I'm a pretty much every player knows how I can be. It's just like I say, it covers everything, it covers my childhood from, you know, um when I quit football. I got quit football at one point. And the guy, I'll never forget, I'll tell you a quick story, guy's name was James Avernad. We call him Shaq. little short guy from a town over twelve miles We're called Bookshire. And um I didn't like my high school coach. My high school coach, I mean, just making plan of something. He was, he was a racist. He had never coached blacks before. he came from East Texas and came to coach, and all the black players quit, all of them except one. And so he came to my house and uh I know if you give me some pull up. And I like Shaq. I think I was I was a sophomore. And uh he pulled up and my mom said, That's Shaq outside. And I walked into him and said, Hey Shaq, say, hey, hey, Ms. Dickerson, how you doing? He said, and she said, can you mind if I take Eric and talk to him for a minute? She said, sure, take him and talk to him. So I got in the car with him. We rode around my little town. And my town is only 2,000 people at that time, one red light. And so he said, he said Eric, man, he said, I heard you quit football. I said, Yeah, man. You know, I don't like that coach, man. Blah, blah. I just, you know, I just told him how I felt. And he said, he said, Eric, he said, Man, let me ask you a question. He said, So what do you see around him when you ride around this town? I said, Man, I said, Shaq, I don't see nothing. He said, Exactly, Eric. There's nothing here, Eric. He said, Let me tell you something, son. It's funny how older people can see things you don't see when you're a kid. You know, think about it. I said, I was. 16 years old said. eric he said man he said look he said you're one of the best athletes you've ever seen in these parks now i'm thinking really i mean i'm 16 i mean i'm like i'm like he said eric i'm telling you he said we see something in you that we don't see in other kids he said you really should go back and play football he said i'm not saying that's your way out he said but it could be a way to get your scholarship he said i know your mom can't afford to send you to college and they couldn't they couldn't afford to send you to college he said so if you don't want to play in CD, he said, come on play in brookshire we'd love to have you over here so I said, okay, and, you know, I think about it. So, you know, we talked some more. And, he was, and, then, and and I looked back, he was so right. He said, man, he said, just go back and play. And just, you know, he, let, he said, he, I, he, I never get his word. He said, that white man has his Eric. He said, don't worry about him. Sure enough, I went back and told my mother what he said. She said, Eric, I told you that. I said, I don't like football. She said something. I don't like you being a quitter. She said, I don't like that sport, but I wish you'd go back and play. She said, you can play in Brookshire. I'll drive to Brookshire every day. It was only mm-hmm. 12 miles. But mm-hmm. I said, I said, okay, so all of a sudden the guy, the coach that came around, he came around that summer and started talking to all the players. And then my best friend called me, Gary. He was say, man, has Rap Harris been in your house? I said, no. I he said he's on his way over there trying to get us to come back to play. I'm like, okay, so sure enough, he talked all up. So he came back and played. And it wasn't no, I'm gonna say it wasn't a feel-good story, one of those
3: stories. Mm-hmm.
4: But I'll say this much. We came back and played. We won a state championship, we won our first state championship, you know, and, and, and my senior year and and senior year. And that was a great feeling. And I'll say this, you know, about the guy's name was Ralph Harris, and I, I talk about him in the book. He called me about three years ago, and I hadn't heard from this man in years, but he knew a guy that I that I knew from Vegas. And the guy called me, said hey, Eric, so what's going on? I said, What's going on, Dana? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. He said, man, somebody didn't want to talk to you. I said, okay. So he put him on the phone and Chris, as soon as I heard his voice, I knew exactly what it was. My heart started beating fast. You know, I was like a kid all over again. I said, uh, I said, how's it going? He said, hey, Eric. I said, how's it going, Ralph? He said, it's going good. I said, I said, yeah, man. I said, what's up? He said, Eric, he said, I just want to talk to you. He said, I want to say, man, you had a great NFL career, great college career. He said, I just want to apologize to you. He said, I was an idiot. He said, I just want to apologize to you. I said, Ralph, I said, man, thanks for saying that. Because, I mean, you 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 know, when you're a young kid, you know, you think you're right, but you're not sure if you're right when you get older. Right. And I just, I just knew how he treated us. It was, it was wrong. And he, I guess later he saw it too. And so, like I say, it's a bunch of those stories in the book. Um, You know, it's just, it's just my life. You know, my, my life as a, as, as a, as a dad, and as, as a former NFL player and uh life after football.
0: That's an incredible story. Like that thing coming full circle. I mean, and big, big of you to accept the apology it's you know i don't want to give him too much credit for apologizing uh i mean that's probably 30 years late uh but big on you to accept that apology yeah i
4: mean you know my my, my dad was big on forgiveness and so was my mother i mean believe it or not because i was you know people don't know this about I me. Mean, i was adopted i was legally adopted you know my great my great adopted me my, my dad and so uh, my dad was i would say best man i knew, the best man i ever knew i mean a true christian man not not the guys that's, you know the holler about. I'm a holy, you know, oh God. This, we're that kind of guy. I mean, he was he he walked to walk and talked to talk, and um, you know he would have he he'd wanted that from me. He wanted me. He wanted that. You know, I did see it come full circle. And like you said, better late than never sometimes. And 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 I, I think like like you know, time changes all, Chris. It really does. I can think about the guy that I was, you know, when I was in my twenties, you know, and in my thirties, you know, and, and the guy that I'm now, sixty, I'm sixty now, you know, forty yeah. years later. Yeah, you know, we yeah. all we we all change. I mean, you'll change. You know, yeah. from from yeah. now until you know, till you sixty years old, you're like, wow. You know, it's almost sometimes. You know it's like. It's almost like a light switch comes on. It's like, and you go like, man, I wish I could go back and do that. (laughs) Yeah, but
0: there's there's no amount of trying to will yourself to change that's gonna change you. I mean, you have to do that anyways, it's prerequisite, but you're right, it's not until a light switch goes off and you're like, well fuck, why wouldn't that flip six months ago? Because you had to go through whatever you were going through. You had to think it through, experience it. And then, you know, like after high school, everybody knows the SMU stories, uh, which has got to feel even more fucked up now. I mean, you would have made you back the the Brinks truck up on you if the NIL deals were. How much money do you think you would have made at SMU? Uh, I mean,
4: man, I with know. the NIL
0: deals.
4: I don't know, man. You know, I, I, I it would have been. A, I hope it would have been. Hopefully, I, I going to say a lot, but you know what? The thing is, when, when you when you read when people read the book, they're gonna be surprised about the little bit of money that that, that I got. It yeah. was just so. But you know, you know what I was doing with that money, man. Helping my mother. My yeah. dad had passed away. I mean. We were poor. I mean, we weren't dirt poor. We had nothing. I mean, I'm from a small town, and I'm trying to help my mom, you know, the best I can. You know, I think that – I and mean, I'm glad those kids are getting getting that what they get because, look, you know, a lot of kids are not fortunate enough to come from a, a great background. They're just not, right. you know, black or white. It doesn't make a difference yeah. what color you are. You know, a lot of these kids are, are poor kids, and, and to, to have an opportunity to, to make something up, what you love to do. And those kids, I'm sure they love playing college football. They love it. I mean, why not? The university isn't making all this money. The the presidents are making all this money. The coaches, you know, the 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 head of the NCAA. Why come? Why come? The, why come? The guys who are really doing the work, the the the, the grunts, you know, that's, that's playing the game. They should they should get something. And I've always said that for years. You know that I felt like that. And I don't care if it's girls, boys, sports, whatever. I think that you should share the revenue. Some share some part of the revenue.
0: But I also do think, if I'm speaking plainly. I think a lot of people who are anti 18 year olds getting paid just like anywhere else in America, all these red blooded Americans, they love free market capitalism and Hey, you get what you earn and that's the beauty of this place. I do think there's something about football and I think it's, that it's a predominantly black sport in college and in the pros that they don't want to see young, young black guys get paid.
4: Man, come on! We, we know. I mean, you know, you know yeah. that's that stuff. But that's what it comes down to a lot. I mean, and, and it's, it's the sad thing about it. You know, the, the great thing about playing a sport like football is that when you put on that football uniform, the guy next to you, you don't see his color. It's mm-hmm. not about your color. No, nope. hey, this my this my guy. This my teammate. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's I, I can say that coming from a small town in Texas. You know, and back in segregation. You know, I grew up in segregation. Really, I went to the black school when it went, went to the white school. Is that you a tiger? <laughs> I mean, we kids all knew each other. You know, yeah. we were see tiger. That's what it came down to. A lot of us, you know, black guys, say 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 that. You know, man, you know, if, if this boy was predominantly white, it would be different. I mean, right. it would be different, I, and I, I believe that. And and that's nothing against the guys that I played with, because you know what? The, the the great thing about it is, guys that I played with say the same thing. I mean, I had a guy. I, I said, "Lenny King, Lenny King." I played. He played for San Diego. He said, "He said, man. He said they treat they said they treat the black guys differently." He said, "But let me tell you something." And the sad thing is, is that you hear players say it all the time. You say, man, I hate the NFL. I just hate them. And you hear us say it because, you know, we know how they treat us. And I just, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, you, the NFL can't help everybody. And I'm not, I'm not I'm, everybody's not looking for a hand handout. But I think as in, when, you, when you've done a, a sport, it's done so great by a sport and made the sport that phenomenal and made it that big, is that you should reap some of the benefits. And not black, white, it doesn't make a difference to me. I think I'll, I'll never forget when, when I, I talked, this is about 10 years ago, 10, four, this, this was about five years before Deacon passed away, Deacon Jones. Yeah. I went to be in the hospital we sitting there talking and you're talking about a great guy, man, funny. I mean, he had all the good hey, stories. Hey, listen, he came <laughs> and talked to our team.
0: He came and talked to our team in St. Louis and I can't say on the podcast what the message was, was that we took away, it was incredible. <laughs> It was yeah, incredible. Dee,
4: dee, 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 dee. I mean, De- <laughs> Deacon was a great guy. So Deacon says to me, "Sir, he said, man, let me ask a question, Eric. First of all, he told me, say, because I asked him, I said, Deacon, I said, they didn't count sacks. He said, man, I had 35 sacks one year. He said, I kept my own sack. I kept a lot, mm-hmm. kept a record of them. I'm like, really? He said, yeah, they didn't, they didn't count sacks. He said, the more I never get. He said, my first contract, I made 7500 dollars That's what I made. Right. He said, but he said, let me ask Eric. He said, what are you getting? He said, what's your pension right now? I said, well, Deacon, I think I was, I think I was 47 or 48 at the time. He said, "I said, Beacon, I said, I'm not taking my pension yet. I said, but what I'm, when I look at it, I think it's about about fifteen hundred dollars He said, "Eric, you know what I get in my pension?" He said, "I get 250 dollars a month."
0: Good Lord, and he's on all the NFL stuff. He's on every right. highlights yeah, video. He, the whole you thing.
4: Got it. That's it. He said, "What am I going to do with two hundred fifty dollars a month?" And I mean, I'm not going to lie, because it, it kind of blew me away. Yeah, I'm like, we say, "Yeah, I get two hundred fifty dollars." He said, "I take it just because I don't want them to have." it. So, I mean, that's what I look at when the night and look. I'm not hating on the NFL. I just you know I me, mean? I people that didn't play with me and know me say this much if you don't want the truth, don't ask Eric, because I'm just gonna tell you what I think. And that's just that's how I am. I mean by by even by myself. Yeah. You know, me me included, me included. Yeah. I just feel like I just feel like it's just wrong how they how they do a lot of the guys.
0: Well, I mean, hopefully they eventually I I don't want to go down the rabbit hole too far because I'll be the same way as you. I heard you recently uh refer to it as uh pimps and whores is kind of the way it, it is in the NFL and it's unfortunate. I think the the more players have a voice, the thing you're talking about, the you know social media, bigger platforms. Hope, hopefully, we can actually make our voices heard and we right. get our shit together on a CBA level. And act, <laughs> you know, what I mean? so hey, we don't. Oh, have to, that's a whole nother. Yeah, level. <laughs> I mean, but there's another problem when we don't show up and vote. You know, like not we, because I, I was out of league at that point. But one of the biggest you know CBA votes we've had in recent memory, and there's a 60 percent turnout. Like, there's a problem from top to bottom when it comes to leadership on the player side. But I don't want to go down that road. Nah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a whole nother issue. It's a, a can each. of worms. But <laughs> if I'm, like, what's so interesting to me about you is you go through the SMU stuff, you talk about, you know, your your Texas upbringing and kind of like the stark reminders of racism and different, you know, you had to go a town over to play football because the coach of race all that stuff. Then you get to L.A., which to me is that like a culture shock? Cause the eighties in LA, man, like no no camera phones, Hollywood, no, you know, no social media, which is a good thing in that day and age. The, the news was, was simple. Like, was it the wild west out there for like a young athlete um, that man. you think you've seen it all? Like what, what was LA like when you walked on the scene?
4: Let me tell you something Chris, it was like the wild west. It really was. It was like it was no camera phones. Uh you know, it was you know it was like
0: man, you should have been there, man. You should have saw you know? it. That's, that's why you're good you that's say. why you're a good storyteller. That's why you and my dad are good storytellers cuz there's no fucking like, hey, let me pull this up on my iPhone.
4: Oh no, it wasn't that? Thank God. I'm going to say thank God. <laughs> yeah, for, for a lot of guys. It was it, it was it was a lot of stuff. It was it was, it was a lot of stuff that, that was going on back in those days Yeah. In those days that. That you didn't want to get get on camera. Um, I said, you know, coming from from Texas, I came from you know SMU in Dallas. I've been a, you know big, a little bigger city than yeah.
0: That's a big one. Coming
4: yeah. uh, coming out here, um, and you know, thing about it is, I got recruited to go to USC. That was my first recruiting business. That was that was the first time I'd ever flown a plane. Wow! Big, a big plane, uh, like a real plane. You know, when I came, I came out here on my recruiting trip. And uh, I'll never forget when I, I got off the plane, scared to death, you know, and I saw the mountains, man. I'm like, wow, it was a trip. I'd never seen that yeah. before. So I got off the plane and, and Coach John Jackson uh, was there to pick me up. But he wasn't there yet. So when I get off the plane, I'm standing there. And you, you don't remember me. But they call the Harry Christians. And right. The Harry Christians, they had the white robes and stuff and the ball heads. They, they, had their, that's when people come to the gate. So they surrounded me. I don't know why they picked me out. I guess I looked lost. They surrounded me with, with tambourines. And, Hari Krishna, 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 Krishna and I'm like, I'm just standing. I'm like, what? The? And people walking by looking. And so I won't get Coach Jackson grabbed me and said, Come on. I said, what's that? So he that was the Hari Krishna. <laughs> so that, so that was that, that was my first experience coming coming into LA. Uh I won't forget what the guy picked, uh that, that I went when I went over to, to USC. Uh man, that was uh that was that was a great visit. I mean, I was just in awe, you know, University of Southern Cal, all the great players they had. My favorite player was OJ. And on that visit, matter of fact, uh we were out because I came, I came for the Rose Bowl game the right. Rose Bowl and They played uh Michigan in that right. Rose Bowl game. And um I saw OJ. I'm like, man, I missed some other guys. I said, that's OJ, man. Let's go talk to him. He was out there doing some camera work. And I said, man, I'm gonna go say something. That's my favorite player. That's why I played running back. Right. So I go over to him, I said, Mr. Simpson, my name is Eric Dickerson. He said, How are you doing, man? I said, I'm fine. He said, Well, he finds from, from Seedy, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, recruiting. I said, Yes, sir. I said, What position? I said, running back. I told him I said two thousand yards in high school. I said, "So, really I said yes, sir. I see, I, like, I like to break your record one day.'" He said, "Well,
0: ah, good luck with that." <laughs> that is so good. Hey, man, that was funny. You remember that conversation? Like it was I probably that yesterday. I so that does he? I think probably. Uh, I
4: asked him later. He said, "Man, I don't remember that. Yeah, I'm sure he did because I was a kid." But man, I was just I just wanted to say something to him, and so that was my first experience with Los Angeles. And then you know I was fortunate enough to get drafted you know, to the Rams, mm-hmm. John Robson recruited me. And so when I got to the Rams on, on, on draft day, you know, it was different. He didn't go to New York. You came to the team possible. said so I came to the team and the 41st saw me, he said, I finally got you. <laughs> Which is yeah. funny because he recruited me in high school. And, uh, man, you know, it just, it was, it was different. I said, I think, I think every young rookie, I know I can't, I can't speak for every guy. I can speak for myself. It was, it was exciting getting drafted. Um, been in the NFL, but i said say this much here, man, it was way different. It was way different from college. It was yeah. way faster. I'll never forget my first experience in training camp. Um, when I, you know, got into training camp and we went training camp two weeks before the veterans showed up. And uh, John Robson said, look, when the veterans show up, it's going to be different. You know, it's going to be faster. Be I'm like, man, please, it can't be no faster. I mean, because they had a few veterans there. Like, you had like 15 running backs. You might have 20 receivers. <laughs> you right. almost to walk off. And so I'm like, I'm like, yeah, okay. And I'll never forget, it was Jackie Slater, speaking of Jackie mm-hmm. and Gary Dieter, and we had pass protection. And man, Vince Fergum was a quarterback. And you know, they had the red you not know, the red jury, you couldn't touch the quarterback. And they did all this movement, movement, and you know, and it was like Roar! and the blitz came and touched the quarterback, touched the quarterback. I'm like, wow. And I was it was got him oldest grant, he was a receiver from Michigan State. I said, man, that's too damn fast now. Yeah. So Eric, get in, get in. So I won't <laughs> forget. I got in. I'm like, damn, I'm nervous now. But do the dude said, ah. And I, my man was here on the right. But then all of a sudden, something happened. I get that the defense moved. Now my, my sign went back to the backside. And right. I didn't know it. So he came and touched the quarterback. Eric, who's your man? I said, I guess him. He said, get out, son. You'll we'll get somebody hurt. <laughs> I said, no problem. So that was my, that was my first, that was my first experience.
0: With and me. pass pro is the hardest transition generally, oh, I feel like, man. for running backs too. It's the, it's
4: the toughest it really is. It's tough because, you know, it's a lot of movement. In college, it's not back in the It is it is now. In my days, guys, when they got in the defense, they just sit there. And the pros, right. they were moving to the snap of the ball. And that was, that was a lot, you know, for a college kid. And then you got these big ass linebackers that are biggest, as, biggest, as, I was six foot three and they were, you know, six foot three, six foot
0: four. And what were you really weighing?
4: 225.
0: And yeah, yeah. And these guys well, 250. Two two yeah. yeah,
4: 250. Yeah, man. but the thing is, they got, they got a, they, they're getting like a seven yard sprint. Yeah. <laughs> and I got I to try to stop it. Yeah. That was, that was, that that's hard to do. I mean, I think people don't realize how hard that is, but, you know, that was my, that was my experience as a national football league.
0: How about, uh, in LA, like the first superstar that walked up to you and you were like playing for the Rams and they were like, hey, I like watching you play. You know, that moment I, where you're like, somebody famous, you know, oh, is watching man. me. Oh,
4: I, I, I remember that very well. Matter of fact, I was at a, I was at, a, I was at a bar. I'm not a bar. I was at a, at a, uh, um, a restaurant. I was at Nikki Blair's. It was on Sunset. That was a hot spot on Friday and Saturday night. So it was a Friday night. We were playing. We were in town. I was with them on Friday nights, and so, I, and I knew the owner, Nikki. I look over and I said, "Man, that's Clint Eastwood." I'm like, "Wow." I mean, I'm like, "Dang." And so I'm like, "Man." I'm sitting. There and so Nikki came. I said Nikki. I said man, is that Clint Eastwood? He said yeah. You want to meet him? I said no, nah, I don't want to. Be. He said Gary, come. here, love to meet. You. I said I oh, said no, come on, Eric. So I get up, nervous as I don't know what. I walk over and he said, hey, Nikki, be tight. He said hey, Eric, man, you don't know, you know that blew me away, man. Yeah, said, by name, by name. I said I said how you doing, Mr Eastwood? He said I'm good. He said hey, I'm, I'm a big fan. I said so am I. That's <laughs> you know, cool, man. You know we didn't have no, no they had no camera phones, didn't take no pictures. Yeah. So, you know, just shook his hand and, 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 you know, he said, you know, thanks for being you know, a great player. I said, man, thanks for all the entertainment you've given me. But that was that was my first time, you know, being, like like I said, wow, somebody, you know, big time recognized me. But I'll never forget, we went to the Laker game. I was a rookie. And uh, Dr. Curlin was our, our, our doctor. I don't know he you, you probably passed away by the time you got there. And so he said, you want to go to the Laker game? I'm like, yeah. i never been to the Laker game. So I am said, sure, I'll go. Right. So I said, guy said, "Man, Dr. Curling got seats on the floor." I'm like, "What you mean on the floor?" He said, "I don't like the like the wood." I'm like, "Oh, okay." I mean, I'd seen it on television. So sure enough, I go to the Laker game with Dr. Curling. I'm sitting there, and all the guys came with Magic, Kareem, you know. Then oh I, I, man, then they gave me this, announced my name on the PA, gave me a standing ovation. I was so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that was like wow, this is what, this is what being like a, I guess like a star in LA is like, cause I, you know, I, I played a couple of games and so I had some good games. So yeah, that was, that was, that was my, my introduction to Los Angeles.
0: I was going to ask you about the Lakers too. Cause I mean, what a, what a decade to play sports in LA. But you said something a second ago, Friday and Saturday was the hot spot And like when I was in the league, you know, dudes would be out on Friday nights, dudes would be out, you know, on Saturdays, like I would be whispering on Saturdays <laughs> me personally like I had to do everything in my power to be as fast and as as good as everybody else <laughs> so so I was in I needed my sleep the whole thing how how crazy was it and how hard was it to stay in you know oh God how would it work like you'd be home on a You're Friday somebody would hit you on a landline and be like hey we're we're doing this tonight or
4: yeah. you know or you know other the, the, the girls you know you know you know so I was I was a girl yeah <laughs> You can't get, I said, Girl, we got curfew. We can't be coming out. We got curfew. And, you know, so the big thing was come to the hotel. Yeah. You know, come to the hotel. We, we sleep in the hotel. I mean, it was tough. I mean, it was tough, you know, not going out. I mean, I didn't do really, that, I could say I really didn't go out on, on Saturday nights. I mean, because we had to we had to stay at a hotel. Right. So yeah, I didn't go out but Friday nights that, that was my, my night out. But I will say this much here. I'll tell you a quick story. Matter of fact, the, the day that I broke the record, I said that, you know, I went uh, over 2,000 yards. I had another game left. Um, it was a girl I, I, used, to, I used to date. And well, we, 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 we messed around, which kind of, she was like my little thing. <laughs> and so uh, it was. It was the night before the game. It was Saturday night, and I said, "I said come to the hotel. I said get to the hotel early." She said, "Well, you got a game the next day." I said, "Don't worry about that. I said just come to the hotel." So I'll never forget, Chris man, that night. That morning, man, we had sex. I mean, and I, I mean, early the, before, like, like, like a like like couple of hours. with they said, "Eric, you're gonna be tired." No, that's, a, said, that's I mean, a
0: myth. I, is I, it? I said, "I'm not gonna be. I'm not
4: gonna be tired. I never forget that." And I had two. I had 215 yards that day, so I wasn't tired. Uh, so is
0: the boxer, you know how boxers are like, no sex months before the fight. Yeah. You know, probably it's shared in some football circles. No, nope, you can break a record the same day. That's if you're Eric Dickerson. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. LT had a ladder. They said he had a fire ladder that he used to sneak out of the hotel in uh, New York. He'd put the fire ladder out the window and just climb down. So, like, so were dudes, was it just easy to get out of curfew? Like, I feel like now... Dudes don't even try it because just technology and the way things are, like it's just not worth it. But back man, in the then, probably- you know,
4: I, I probably for y'all, that's not worth it because you know because you get caught on cameras and all that kind of stuff. For us, man, I mean, it was easy. Like training camp, like a training camp, we still got to a training camp. We yeah, to, we'd have our cars by the window because we opened Fullerton. We had our cars parked in the back alley. We'd go out the window, go out, come back in. You know, we might go to a girl's house. You know, but rather you'd go to a, go out to a bar because you didn't want to be seen. Right. But you know, you like I said, once I see again. The girl, the girls are what kept you know got you in the most trouble. Matter of fact, speaking of LT, I asked LT. I said, "Man, I said LT, what's the craziest thing you have ever done? You can think of?" He said, "Man," he says, "There's so much, so many of them." He said, "But I can tell you," he said, "I was at a strip. He said I was at a strip bar, love strip boys. I was a strip bar. He said I was there from nine o'clock in the morning till pretty much the next day." He said, "I'm there. I'm there all night, hanging with strippers. You know, doing all kind of stuff. You know, we." we all, everything you can think of, we're doing. He said, so it's the next day, he said, you know, I said, how about I get out? The sun's coming up. So I get out. I'm heading home. He said, I got to go right past John Stated. I said, I look over. He said, damn, what are all them cars doing over there? He said, I pull in. He said, the, the parking said, LT, the game's about to start. He said, the game. <laughs> he said, I jump out the car. He said, I just left the car. He said, I just left the car. He said, I ran in. He said, "Get dressed." He said, "Bro, he said, I run, I run on the field as a defense is going on the field." I said, "I said, so how did you play?" He said, I five sacks."
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, the rules do, do not apply. If you're that good, they don't apply, bro. Hey, I need my eight and a half hours of sleep.
4: We didn't need no sleep. No, we not didn't.
0: at all. Not <laughs> And you know what the problem with going out to the bar is. It's not the fans. It's that you might see a coach in there. That was, that, that,
4: that was, that's the thing about going to bars. You might see a coach in. That ha- that they're out
0: that every time. night before. They're still out every night before the games. I used to get yeah. mad because, not that I wanted to go do anything anyways, but they were such you know, they'd clang my door at 11 o'clock. I'm trying to sleep. I got the hook on there because I don't want to fucking deal with them. Bang. You know, I'm awake now. Mm-hmm. But these motherfuckers get to all go out to dinner the night before the game till midnight, the whole thing. I'm like, don't you have to call plays tomorrow? Like, don't you, don't you, you, if we have a shitty sheet tomorrow, I'm looking at you, you guys all took your wives out, so, but the Rams, man, like, you know, for a long time, as you said, one of the all-time greats, and you got no home stadium to go to, like, listen, when I retired, or when I left St. Louis, with everything that's gone down, like, if I didn't go play in Philly, somewhere where I felt really accepted, I would feel like I was kind of NFL homeless. You know, although you have a former franchise, there's no stadium to go back to and say, like, I played here, you know, this is my city where I've spent eight, 10, 11, 12 years. Was that tough for you in LA for a long time? And, ha- and how exciting has it been to see them in town again? Man,
4: you, you said it really, really was tough because, you know, we played in Anaheim and when the, when the Rams yeah. left, I wasn't here. They, they left I think kind of in 80, right. 80, 80, right. 80 81. Mm-hmm. I was in college still. And uh when they went to Orange County, I'll never forget uh Jackie Slater and a couple of guys, uh, uh Jack Youngblood. He said, he said when when Deacon Jones said it too, he said when the Rams left LA, he said, man, they lost a lot of fans. Yeah. He said it really did. He said this was a, he said this was a Rams town, it really was. And they went to Orange County, he said, and you could you could see it, of course. I mean, because sometimes we play games, man, it would be Thirty thousand people at the game. They if, if would we say we're playing the Bengals or somebody like that. Or it wasn't when the Cowboys or the Giants or you know the Raiders or something like that. It rare would sell out. You know, and it was disappointing. I mean, it really right. was. I, I always say, man, I like playing on the road better. I say we got the fans, and even though they booing us, I don't care. You know, we got the fans in front of us. I think that most players, I think, probably you felt the same way. You want to play in front of a, a full house. Yeah, you do. You don't. You don't want to see like like a skeleton. Uh, Stands, you know, out there. So, yeah, they, that was that that was that was a tough part. It really was. Uh, when I think about you know L.A. now, you know, and and how fortunate these guys are. I mean, to to play in L.A. I mean, I wish you had a chance to play in L.A. I wish I had a chance to play in the city of L.A. Because I think I, I, it's, it's different. It really is. It's different. The energy is different. I, I told Marshall and Ozzy uh, Bruce, said, I said, man, if y'all would have won that Super Bowl. In Los Angeles, y'all have been the greatest. Oh, yeah. Said, oh, yeah. Man, I said, dog. I said it would have been crazy because they love their sports. They do. I mean, people talk about, ah, oh, L.A. ain't got no fans. That's 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 BS, man. L.A. got fans. But you know what? L.A. wants. L.A. wants to win. To win. You got. Yeah. You got. You got. You got to be winning. You got to be doing something phenomenal. And y'all had a phenomenal football team. So it have been. It have been way different. But yeah, it was. It was different. And you know, you talk about I had another team, the coach. You know, the, the funny thing about that situation is, is that I don't feel an affiliation to that team. I mean, and I'll tell you why. Um, the coach has some good fans. They have some really good fans. But that was one of the first times that I'd ever been on a team that was really a jealous, divided football team. Really? I mean, I'd never seen it before because I didn't have it in high school, I didn't have it in college, and I didn't have it at the Rams. Right. And I wasn't the only one that thought. I, mean, I just talked to one of my buddies I played with uh, at the coast I talked to him about it. We talked about it a couple months ago. I said, man, let me ask you a question. I said, did you feel like that team was really jealous of anybody? He said, Eric, no doubt. He said, that was one of our problems. He said, that was one of the big problems to the Colts. He said, everybody was jealous of everybody. He said, when we talked about getting you, I said, I'll never forget. The, and they don't get no Eric Dixon. Man, they ain't, that's, that's a lie. They ain't getting him. He ain't coming here. He said, I never when I saw you walking through the locker room. I'm like, damn, they did get him. I said, so maybe they're trying to win around him. He said, man, Eric, he said, and, I, and, and you know, that's one thing that I think people realize is that on a football team, even a job, you have to be close knit to be successful. Yeah. You have to have the pieces. You know that you know everybody's not going to get along, but the vile pieces need to fit. They need to. They need. They need to have the same, the same goals. I mean, and I, and, and we didn't. we was had so many jealous players, man. I mean, it was it was really disheartening to see it. And I like I said, never seen it like that before. And then another thing was, is that I'd never seen. But first of all, I when I got there imagine being told certain places that you shouldn't probably go to you know you shouldn't go to like it was places with a villa or a bird like it was towns. i forgot some of the name of the towns like brownsburg right don't go out there don't go out there you know you know what i mean and you know why that's yeah like worse can. worse than texas oh way worse than texas oh man way worse than that's than what i was gonna texas. say
0: because like you went from la to like you know nap mm-hmm. city and surrounding all, all, areas all, yeah.
4: Only town in Texas that you knew was like that was Biden, Texas. That you knew for a fact that hey, it, they said Pet the sign, don't get your black ass caught out and in dark, in the darkness. Basically, that was it. But it was a couple of times like that in Indiana. And the thing was, is that I'd never seen a Klan rally. I will never forget my, my my uncle. He was he he's from Indiana, he living in Indiana. And he said it was one it was on the off day on Tuesday. He said, he said, what you doing? I said, I'm laying in bed. He said, turn the TV on. I said, What channel? He said, any channel. I turned the television on, and it's a Klan rally going on downtown Indianapolis and in, in Meridian. Man, Chris, I mean, think about that. That's in the, that was in the in the, in the late '98, late '80s. I'd never seen anything like that in my life. I mean, even being from Texas, I haven't seen it. You know, you have to see with your own eyes. And she said, "I just want to let you know, where you are, so you you know you know where you are." He said because it's different out here. Jeez. And then by the time I was, you know, I wanted to get out of there because man, they fired my head, they fired me on my entire, and it was man, it was bad. We, won, I think, were one in fifteen that year. Never forget this, and this is this is one of the reasons why I have really hard feelings in it at Indianapolis. And I and I was dating a girl that was there at the game, and she said after after the game, they took a banner, they you know, you hang a banner over the, over, the, over the rail that says, you know, we love the Colts, you know, we love the Colts. They took a banner, hung it over the rails, and had a, a picture of a black baby in an Indian style position with twenty nine, with fried chicken on one side. Um, I had I had money on one side, watermelon on one side, and holding and fried chicken, and it's like eating fried chicken, and they let that stay up there till till to halftime. I I never forgot that, and and matter of fact, some of the players they they thought it was funny. I can tell you how jealous we were. And I said, man, I said, Tom, that's you. I said, let's just check out my number. On it. You black? They went, oh yeah, that's messed up. All of a sudden, they got it then, and I never forget the, the, my my friend. We still friend in there, Holly. She said, Eric, she said. I started, she said I started crying. She said that that, she said that that was hurtful to me. I said how imagine how it made me feel? And I'm not that I'm not that playing. That's and that's one of the reasons man. And it was some, don't get me wrong. It was some it was some, it was some good coach fan. It really some really good Colts fan. Yeah. But but that you know what they say, you know, I just get over. It. Man, you, you don't get over. You know, you don't get over that easy.
0: Man. That's good. cuz what does that say about fans in general that you can love somebody enough to go watch them play football but hate them in that way? I mean, right. like, it's just so fucking, it's a mind fuck to me.
4: It's it's amazing, it's amazing, but like I say, man, that's just how, back in those days, man, that's how it was. A I mean, whole like, half. Man. What
0: year is this? This is 1990. Yeah, I mean, it'd be bad if it was 1960, but 1990, <laughs> huh? 1990. And 1990. unfortunately, it's not like you can't see a Klan rally on TV downtown, pick your, I mean, uh, Charlottesville. Yeah. Did you see what yeah. happened in in my hometown here? It's like, fuck, so. Uh, another can of worms. I don't want to <laughs> open too much, but I mean, uh, you talk about Indianapolis now, you don't feel a connection to the team, but do you watch Jonathan Taylor and, and enjoy that?
4: Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I, the thing about me is I love watching great players. Yeah, I love watching a great players. And, and man, he's, he's fun to watch. You know, it's but When you play the position running back, you always want a guy to be successful at your position. So most definitely, uh, I like watching him play. You know, I like the way he can seem to find the hole. He hits the hole um, I think he's great for Indianapolis. I think he's great for that team. I mean, I think he he gives Carson Wentz something that he needs as a he running game. It. Yeah, I, he needs it. I think, I think. But, but you know what? Because all quarterbacks need it. I yeah. mean, there's very few that don't need it. I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers. I mean, about, about the only guy I can say that can go without it. Tom Brady a little bit, but but Aaron Rodgers for sure. But every every guy needs that running game. Just like, you know, do I wish I'd have had a great quarterback? Oh, God, do I? I look at these quarterbacks. Well, if I'd have had that. I'm telling you what I did, but I like, I like watching you off the table. We
0: played this game with somebody else. Can, like, Who did we play this game with where we made them name all their quarterbacks to see if they could remember them all? How many quarterbacks <laughs> do you think that you uh, – who was it, Reed? It was T.O. It was T.O. Oh, T. O yeah, T.O. had, had a, a gang of quarterbacks. A whole bunch of quarterbacks, man. And you and you uh, had a bunch in, in L.A. Me, as well, let, probably, let, too. Let me,
3: let
4: me see if I can name – all right, so I started out with Vince Ferragamo. I started with Vince. I had Jeff Kemp. I uh, had Steve Deals. am uh, kinda of just going out of order. I had um God, kind I of had another quarterback. I had uh Dita Brock. I had um had another quarterback. I can't think of his name, Golly! Oh uh no, uh Jim Everett. Jim yep, Everett.
0: Jim, who who uh, uh who who knocked out Chris he didn't knock him out, but <laughs> were you on the team with him when he
4: went after Jim Rome? nah uh, but you know what i did the show i did the show the week before oh really he told, me he, was, he told me he was gonna do that i said man i said i said that ain't a good idea i said i mean i wouldn't do it i said but you do what you want oh, I told, jim I told, him,
0: told you he, he was gonna call he's gonna
4: do it yeah because he didn't call he said he's gonna come on the show he said he dared me to call him chris on the show he said i'm gonna do it i said i said i mean i said that ain't a good idea but okay you know and he, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he did i mean better jim everything he's out of body slam is the last yeah,
0: yeah. You know, holy yeah. shit suffice to say a lot of these quarterbacks and no disrespect to any of them like you know you can only imagine how much more prolific that rushing attack would be oh, if you had a oh, consistent
4: oh, you know, if I had one I mean that's one two three four that's five plus five quarterbacks right there one two three four five seen, I had that's like Jeff me naming
0: head coaches
4: yeah, exactly. uh, in yeah, St. Louis, yeah, exactly. we had about seven. St.
0: Louis, St. Louis, right? Uh, yeah. So, is there an offense now that you're like, man, I wish I could play in that fucking offense?
4: Man, I, McVay's offense, right here in L. A. Man, yeah. you know, wow! I love play. I mean, when I was watching Todd run that rock over here, I mean, you know, it was a fun offense to watch. I mean, even, I mean, the, the offense in Tennessee—it kind of reminds me with with Derek Henry, Kansas the offense that I had with the Rams. You know, quarterback, was, yeah. but the offensive line was great. But you always want that guy. I mean, that that quarterback, that that position, is going to take the pressure off you, and vice versa. But if I could play in one offense, it would have to be. I'd have to say Vase. I mean,
0: I like I like the offense. Yeah, way. and you can see. I mean, they're about to get Cam Akers back, who tore his fucking Achilles in March. Thought, yeah, bro. I mean, what I, would happen I, if you tore your Achilles in nineteen eighty seven?
4: you out for the whole year. Maybe a year and a half. There's no doubt. I mean, back
0: then, shout Shout out to Reggie Scott. Shout out to Reggie Scott, Byron, Tyler, all All, those trainers there in in LA. Yeah, but also shout out to Cam Akers. You must be superhuman. How about the records? Because you broke OJ's record, as we alluded to earlier. I think he needed 14. You did in 16. I'm sure you were sweating a little bit when CJ was was making the, you know what I mean? Like, how do you approach that? Because the, the game has changed. Yeah. The, the 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 time allotted to break those records has changed. Do you look at the records the same way? Say somebody breaks that record in 17 you games.
4: Know, you know, I, I would say this, man. I said OJ did it in 14. Yeah. I did it in 15 games. 15, right. With one extra game to go. I had one extra game. Yep. And, I, and I always say that because that, that shows you how hard it is to do. Yep. You know, Chris, I always feel like this here. Dude, do I want somebody to break the record? No, I don't. I mean, I always say, I mean, come on, let's be familiar. But if a guy breaks the record, so what? He breaks the record. Yeah. I mean, that record has lasted uh, 37 years. And I didn't even realize it. The guy sent me a text the other day when my buddy. Said, Man, he said, happy anniversary. I said, happy anniversary. He said, December 9th. What day is that? I'm like, December 9th. And he sent me a picture. They had it on TV. Uh, the day Eric Dixon broke OJ's record. December 9th, 1984. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just feel like that. You know, it's a record that that I'm proud of. Um, the one that this has stood the test of time, but the one that I've always said is going to last the longest. It's going to be very difficult to break. Maybe one day got guy break it. I'm probably won't be here. It's my rookie rushing record. It's 1,808 yards, 20 touchdowns. That's a rookie.
0: 308 carries, I believe. what the 80. Three hundred eighty carries. God damn, that's a workload, dude. Yeah, and then the next year, four hundred four carries. It's <laughs> incredible. I just like the game was so different. That's another thing is like, okay, you take you take the game amounts, like do the math, whatever. But even so, like everybody's in sub now. Not j- not yeah. to mention the size that you talked about those backers, the size of the backers, the size of you know the the lineman that sort of thing. Like things have changed a little bit. Um, and i I wonder if you look at it and you're like man if I could run against a light box or against sub like every down you give me 10 15 16 17 games I feel like you would you would break those records all over again
4: oh I'd, I'd break some records for sure I mean if I could be 20 22 years old again and be fast as I was yeah and, and I was big I am a big back I was uh, 6'3", six three two twenty five. Uh, and I was a sprinter. So and I was a guy that played football. So and I wouldn't I wasn't afraid. So most definitely these guys now they, they don't want they don't want to tackle. Tackling is horrible. I'm like, damn, it's they bad. can't tackle. It's, it's bad. bad, man. I mean you have to look at it like, damn. Man. And I get I get it. Some of these guys make a business decision. I mean some of these guys run up on Derrick Henry like, hey, look, uh, you know, I ain't trying I'm trying to grab him from the back. I'm yeah. trying to get run over. Yeah. You know, so man, I, I look at it like, yeah, if they're on the right team being young, oh I could I could kill it.
0: Does anybody remind you of uh, of an Eric Dickerson? I mean, the way you you, your stride. I feel like when I asked my dad about you, I'm like, what was it like playing against Eric? He's like, you would think you had an angle. And then, like, (laughs) you know,
3: his steps
0: are, you know, he's fast and then his steps. So is there is somebody you watch on TV that's like body type or running style that's reminded you of you?
4: Nah, no one, really. and I'm not one. saying that being arrogant. I just, I just haven't. I mean, yeah. like, you know, I think you say any back. Like, I've, I've never seen anyone run like Barry Sanders, right? You know, I, I haven't seen a back man like Earl Campbell. You know, uh, Derrick Henry. I mean, every guy has their own style. Uh, no, you know, I was, I was big, I was fast, and I think people took it for granted that they thought I wasn't fast. I mean, I won't forget I played when I was the Rams, we were Irving defensive back here, and I mean, we used to argue about, it, you know, who was the fastest, who was right. the fastest. I Leroy, you can't run me. Mm-hmm. Eric, you're too big to be that fast. I'm like, Leroy, I can run now. I mean, we, we argue. Yeah. I said, Leroy, you can't run me. I said, I mean, it was just funny. So I'll never forget, we go over to play the Jets. Right. And uh, he went on the plane and said, it's a, it's a defensive backer today, Holmes. He's, man, if you break, man, he can run you down. I said, Leroy, he ain't going to catch me. I'm telling you, I said, Leroy I can run. I'm telling you, I mean, it was, it was funny. It, was, it, was, it became funny. So sure enough, Chris, what happened? Second play of the game, toss left. I break on the left side. Who gets to, who gets behind me? Holmes. <laughs> and <laughs> you knew it. And you knew and I, it in real time. I know we were. Somebody behind me. <laughs> I didn't know who was behind me. All I know is what he couldn't catch me. He could not catch me. And at, at that point, I never get because John Robinson thought I was always jogging in practice. Right. And he came over after that money and said, I guess you were running fast in practice. Like he was jogging in too. That's it. Yeah. I, yeah. And and I'm gonna tell you that was the. That was a curse sometimes because people thought I wasn't trying and and it it, it wasn't true. I mean, I, I had I had it all the time. So um, I was at a I was at a bar one night in, in L.A. and um, you know I get go to clubs and sitting there talking and guys get to talking. The guy to talk and the like, man, you're Eric Dixon. I said, yeah. He said, man, you ain't that fast, man. I said, dog, don't let that TV fool you now, man. I'm telling you, I ran track. I said, I ran track too. So we drinking and talking and finally, I said, man, I said, let's just take it outside. Yes. He said all right i said let's go so man all of us get up go outside i'm got near don't get hurt i said i don't get hurt i said what you want to run he said well give me a, a, a jump i said wait a minute you say you cannot run me bro <laughs> give me a you you in the pros i said well, you say i said okay i give you i give you like a five yard jump so we ran we ran something equipment like 50 yards man christian they said go out right next to him <laughs> and I, I beat him so easy and i never forget when he he said, "Man, you don't look that fast on TV." I said, where did I tell you?
0: Don't let that TV fool you." Yeah, the TV adds fifteen pounds. It takes a couple of decibels off the forty too, especially when you're six yeah. three and can stride. So and, uh, you, you're out in the parking lot racing this guy. Was it, what was the worst surface to run on uh, in, in the no. NFL? Was it the link? Like for a while, was it was it Philly? Yeah. Was it or was there some place I'm not Philly, thinking? Yeah, you,
4: you had you had Philly. You had Chicago. New England was terrible. Really. It was it was cold as hell up there, um, man. It was the service was hard as hell. I mean, those 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 the Astrodome. I got my foot caught in the seam in the Astrodome. I almost tore my knee up in the Astrodome. I mean, today if, if those fields they had in the day, they, they wouldn't play them. The players be like, oh, I'm not playing on this crap. No I mean, it, it was crap. I mean, like we had to play with the baseball field like in Anaheim when the baseball season was going on. The Angels yeah. played the ball field that was the same thing in San Francisco. Uh, it was some bad fields, I mean really bad fields, but you know that was that was what we signed up for at that time.
0: All right, so as I'm talking to Eric Dickerson behind him I see eight helmets I believe um, 12, behind him much. and I was gonna ask, oh there's more than there's more than that oh, we got we, oh, yeah. we got about 12 oh, yeah. of those <laughs> bad boys and I know they're probably great players. oh, we got 16, 20 it keeps going who wh- who are some of your favorite helmets that you got to trade because that's always one of my you know like I love the Jersey yeah. trades I, I cherish those things.
4: Well, I got to trade with uh, Andre Tippett. Tippett from New York. yeah Uh I got uh, Randall Cunningham right here from Philly. Yep. I got one of my real frankly, uh, uh Dan Marino. Dan, 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 Dan Marino. Kind uh, I got some Toon, Bruce Smith. You got your cousin up there. I got Dexter, Dexter Manley. Yep. Yeah. I got Dexter. He's beat up too. That De- De- Dexter Manley. Yeah. I got one. Joe, Joe Montana. I mean, I got, I got a bunch of them. I mean, I mean, That's
0: like, incredible. Like, like you
4: said, man, it, it, was, it was great to trade those helmets back in the Pro Bowl days. I mean, that was that was, that was, that was the, the great thing about it. You know, I got a helmet here from Walter, but it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't a, a game helmet.
0: It's right. not a game helmet, but I got a Walter Payton helmet. You spent one year with my pops, which I, I totally <laughs> forgot about. It was in 92. You guys were teammates. And yeah, I don't really think the, the Raiders were as good uh, at no. that point. What was, what, you, you got any dad stories that aren't going to get him in trouble? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Not really. No, you know, you know, Howie, you know, Howie was a guy that just came to work, played, and went home. Yeah, that's, <laughs> he's, it.
0: That's, he's a simple dude in, in that respect. That was he, it. he you know. He, yeah, hey, it's about hey, get my money, hey, work my craft, go home, and spend time with my that family. That was
4: that was that was Howie. I mean, you didn't Howie wasn't about Howie going out. It was you see him at practice, you see him at the games, and boom. After that, you see him to the next practice.
0: Yeah, he was telling me stories about when he went on the road. He used to take his little little suitcase with his uh little uh portable vcr so he actually brought like a vcr to the the hotel and he was in there watching tape i don't know if that's bullshit or not dad (laughs) but it makes you sound like you were (laughs) like you were not sneaking out for curfew (laughs) yeah yeah but uh times have changed that's funny as hell man um eric dickerson really appreciate the time man some amazing stories and the book is going to be out january what one more 18. time, eighteen. Yeah, January
4: 18, January 18. Watch, Watch my smoke. smoke.
0: Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm. De- I don't read a lot. I'm. I think I'm going to read this book because this guy. Well, got I'm going to tell,
4: tell you too, Chris. I'm, I'm doing an audio book right now, so you can just sit. And That'll work. To- That'll yeah, work yeah, for yeah, me. I mean, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to tell you, boy. I mean, boy, this audio book is tough, man. I mean, you, I'm from from ten o'clock to four o'clock. You're trying to read this stuff, and all of a in the worst. That ran
0: together. You do your own. Nar- wa- you narrated your own. Au- you- mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's
4: pretty. And cool. I want, I want, I want to do that because. You know, it's, it's certain things in that book that that the, the a person that wasn't there wouldn't have the right tone for it, inflection. Like, I give you one example: when I first met Howard Cosell, I always went Howard Cosell to be one of my games. I was like, "Man, if I hope yeah. I get to the pro, do a game." And sure enough, playing the Atlanta Falcons on a Monday night, Oh, elevator opens. Who's standing there? Howard Cosell, and I'll never forget Eric Dickerson. How's <laughs> it going, Eric? Say, how's it going, Howard? Eric, let me ask you a question. How in the hell did you and Craig James split time down there? And I told him, he said, he should thank his lucky star. What in the hell were they doing over there? I mean, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. So I I did that voice
0: and everything. So Oh man, so you, you do it you're doing voices and everything. Oh, uh, I do I
4: do. I do all of it. So
0: Well dude, it's been a pleasure. I hope to run into you down the line maybe at the Super Bowl and uh and hope everybody's good and, and catch you soon. Thanks, Chris, man. Appreciate it. Good
4: seeing
0: you, man. Yeah, great seeing you. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't yet tried the WinBet app, I've got great news for you. WinBet is now offering a 200% wager match for new users up to $1,500. That's just an incredible offer. WinBet is basically giving you double your first wager in free bets. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. What was your favorite part of the Eric interview? Three quarters through? Yeah. The LT story. Uh Ah-ha nicely done dude. yeah
2: thanks nicely done cat cat had my tongue but i was still listening yeah, intently you were listening intently to a couple of legends
0: yeah uh <laughs> all right i forgot a good earlier you know we were gonna do good bad ugly in the open but um fantasy football
2: sometimes life you know has other ideas for it, yeah, sure fucking quick lame ball dude
0: Oh, the quick lane bowl. There's some good. That is what it was. Yes, dude. That's what it was. That's the what it was earlier, bowl, dude. Yes. It was a good, not a bad. The quick lane bowl is good because like a month ago, I found out through a back channel.
2: Now, is this insider trading? No. Because you can go to jail for can insider. Can I go to jail for this? I'm not sure. I don't it know. It wasn't a
0: player that told me. I just caught wind of it. I'm a sports media guy.
2: If inside, because I heard this guy, apply, I thought I uh, heard
0: Carson Strong might not play in the game. So I took that information... With
2: the Western Michigan program
0: at plus one. Yeah, with, well, they were actually at plus four when I got them. Oh. I think. Wow. Western Michigan was catching four in the quick lane bowl. It's essentially a home game for them. Backyard. They're playing in like the fucking in alley in Detroit. <laughs> They're hosting a team from Nevada who's been pretty good but their stud quarterback is like, nah, not playing in the quick lane bowl. Detroit sounds like a place where careers go to die and they do. Even in bowl games. So... Yeah, kudos to him, you know. Uh, but I took the Broncos and I took them big and I just kind of was like, keep you know, me and calendars, but I'm keeping my eye on the calendar. And it was yesterday, my kids and my lovely wife were gone because they took off for a couple of days, which was like, it was like uh, heaven, dude. Not that I I don't love my family, but. Mm, I love mine. Poop yeah. with the door open, you know, sleep all spread out and shit, you know, the whole thing. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a great day. I'm going to play Call of Duty. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get stoned. and I'm just hanging out. And I go to check my score app, and the quick lane bowl is already on, dude. It's in the first quarter, and Nevada's up 3-0. Mm. First drive. it would be like p- positive drive for them. And the game's at like essentially 10 a.m. I think they're in the Midwest. 11 a.m. Eastern, yeah. It was an 11 a.m. Eastern game? hmm 10 a.m., Detroit's one of those
2: weird ones. Let's check on Detroit. It might be like an Arizona situation. Detroit might be East Coast. Detroit time zone.
0: Yeah, I think it probably is. It is. There's no way you're doing it's a 10 a.m. But it had like basically a monster truck crowd. There's like sporadic cheering.
3: And, you can uh, hear the
0: coaches coach.
3: And, <laughs> like I could
0: hear the calls. And which I'm
2: sure settled your stomach a kickoff return for a touchdown the ensuing kickoff after that
0: field goal ensuing kickoff uh we got a little little distance kind of six nine kid kind of scared me a little bit they tall nevada has a six foot nine kid that they were showing videos of him on a like just throwing the ball out of a fucking stadium standing in the end zone hitting you know the uh, a sedan in the parking lot like over the bleachers and he was in the little league world series too this kid
2: huh. yeah yeah hold on to your hat Atlanta is farther west than Detroit. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: That is crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Atlanta's in the Midwest. It's crazy. Atlanta is in the Midwest. Great Midwestern city. You heard it here. Yeah, but it was a good, that was a good. You, w- you, you won you, a bunch of chickens. You told your boy about this. Took a nap,
2: actually, in the middle of that game. Wow. Yeah. That's how safe it was. And I was worried about the insider trading piece of it and don't really gamble, so I stayed away. Um, I saw it at... Uh, <laughs> no, you did not stay I away think. because of the insider trading. You stayed away because you were... Oh, you caught me on a, like, a really good day. I was ready to throw all of it onto the Western Michigan Broncos, but by the time I got to it, it was minus three, and I thought, yeah. oh, the jig is it's up. Not
0: like, it's not like it came from a player. Like, these fucking guys have agents, man. Things percolate.
2: And they ended up winning by what? A, a million? A million?
0: Yeah, yeah, like thirty eight to ten or some shit. Wow. Six nine kid couldn't get going.
2: That's awesome for
0: you. Congrats. Thank you, thank you. There's also bad. There's plenty of bad this week.
2: I hope you're not referring to John Lynch because
0: that's that's also pretty good. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. You think that's a good? That it's pretty good. You're putting pretty pretty. Here's what people don't understand. He did not like that tweet on purpose.
2: Okay, now this this is an
0: okay, original. Give people thought. the background though.
2: John Lynch tweets apparently hyphen, while in Christmas Eve mass with my family, which is
0: an incredible like, capital F qualifier. family,
2: my family, hyphen, I accidentally and unknowingly liked a tweet, never intended to and remain a huge believer See, in Jimmy. See, I believe
0: him and now we've Merry
2: got to he's on his phone everyone. at mass, dude. And the, the tweet, the liked tweet was leave Jimmy in Nashville after the loss yeah, to the Titans. Yeah, it was
0: a meme of some sort.
2: Now, while this was an original thought, I have heard it elsewhere. Disclaimer. I wonder, I wondered if he does like the tweet and then his teenage children have
0: to tell him, you know, the other people can see oh, for sure. when you like a tweet. For sure, dude. Dad. I had to call somebody once to tell them that they liked the tweet. I'm not going to say anything else. Anyways, that's yeah. totally plausible because John Lynch is not on Twitter. He's not very online unless somebody has a Google alert or his agent calls him. He's just sitting there in mass. Or one of his kids has the phone and liking, liking tweets. Oh, you think it's the kid? Maybe. I that's
2: thought you another were possibility. That the kid no, more, I was saying yeah, that. You were saying, yeah. Couple of possibilities thrown out.
0: So, all I'm saying is John Lynch did not like this tweet on purpose. He's He's not a dummy, dude. There's no way. You know what happens when you like a tweet. Like, you know how the website works enough to know that people are going to know what you like. I don't know. Like, he doesn't know how to which words to capitalize. Really? Yeah. I think he knows how Twitter works. I think he saw the tweet which, in which there's no crime. He might have even chuckled. He might have even, like, you know, like a little light shoulder chuckle. But there's no way on God's green earth, not in the house of the Lord, <laughs> is he going to be... Liking that tweet starting a shitstorm on purpose for no reason. So people don't get it. Like I saw a bunch of snarky people like, I mean, I should qualify anything about uh, that website, but I, I saw a bunch of people like, yeah, sounds real plausible. Definitely didn't like it on purpose. I'm like, all right, well talk this out. You think John Lynch popped on his phone and was like, I'm going to hit the heart button under that and make the news. You can also accidentally
2: like things. And yes, I which is not a crime. Which user which of does, the thing. It's not an
0: endorsement.
2: I don't know because I've liked things yeah. and then I quickly unlike. Yeah. And I don't know if it then appears that I've liked something. No, it does I don't know the answer. No, it does
0: Unless they might have a, uh, an alert. Right. Then you can see it. But the whole point is like there's no way he did he did that on purpose. There's no way. I refuse to believe that he doesn't know how Twitter works. Not even a little bit. All right. Well, Daniel Jeremiah is not going to be bad. He's going to be good. I hope we have them on again because I feel like I learn something every time. Anyone with a business can tell you that when it comes to hiring these days, you don't have time to play games. You need the right players right now. You need Indeed. You can find somebody like Cowboy Reed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description and you can even invite them to apply right away. The perfect job candidate is looking for you, but until you use Indeed, you're not doing everything you can to look for them. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash greenlight. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash greenlight. Indeed.com slash greenlight. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now we've got one of my esteemed co-workers from uh, Amazon.
2: Hit us up at hashtag TNF on Prime
0: here on NFL Next. We're on NFL Next with Kay Adams and Andrew Hawkins. And I've got Daniel Jeremiah, who also has a Move the Sticks podcast, which I can properly uh, with Bucky Brooks and and does the scouts feed over there. See, I'm, I'm rolling through this with Joy nice. Taylor as well. Nice. He does it all. This guy really grinds tape like to the point where I, I really learn a lot from him on the show. So it's good to
5: have him on. DJ, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, dude. Uh, I've got. Uh, it's kind of weird. Like bowl games are going on. I used to like love bowl games. Like some change five, five, ten years ago. But now it's just like, yeah, one of the playoffs. One of the college playoffs starts. Exactly, stuff? exactly. You got a favorite in the college playoffs? I mean, I don't. I don't bet against Nick Saban. Like, there's like certain rules in life, right? For the most part, don't bet against uh, you know Tom Brady, and then don't bet against Nick Saban. So I'll probably stick with that. Will Anderson thinks they're underdogs. Yeah, give me a break. Well, that was like Bryce Young at, a Heisman, at the Heisman speech saying, nobody ever believed in me. I'm like, you're the number two recruit in the country. Yeah, you got an offer from of The number 14. one high school.
0: Yeah the-, <laughs> yeah, the Patriots used to do that. Edelman and them towards the end were like, we're underdogs. We're like, no, you're not. Uh, no. Anyways, uh, hey, real quick, we talked about the Miami game earlier. One yeah. thing I had written down on my sheet, and I saw you talking about this today, was Marcus Davenport. He played really well last night, and he's a guy – that I think could turn the corner and turn it hard here in year four, I think this is for him now.
5: Yeah, he's going to get paid, Chris. You know how that is. Like yeah. He's going to get paid big time. And whether or not the Saints want to lock him up or whether he eventually gets to the market. But I think he's still you know, 25 years old, maybe 24, 25 years old. Um, this guy, like when you watch him at UTSA, You could watch me like, this guy has no idea what he's doing, but it is so violent and so explosive Mm -hmm. that you're like, dude, if that day comes when he figures it out, watch out. And you can like start to see it coming together. Like I'm sure you've been around guys when they were young too, that were, like kind of like segmented, like they just hadn't like put everything together to be able to work moves and stay on the move. Like he was just kind of like, he had one plan and then if that didn't work, it was like, that was it. But the plan was so violent and so explosive. You're like, well, even, even with just that he'll be disruptive, but man, he's starting to kind of figure some things out. And once that happens, like watch out.
0: Yeah. Like you, you're describing kind of to me, the way I always put it as a guy who can hit for power, like, Hey, the, the, Mm -hmm. that one rush, the other nine, he's going to spin in place or, he's gonna do some crazy shit that's just not working, but that one rush where he runs the tackle over, I mean, that stuff works. I was gonna ask you, uh, you know, you look at college players a fair bit. Uh, do you hold it against a player if he's really polished as a rusher because there's less of a, 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 you know, a ceiling to gain, so to speak? Like, if a guy's got all his moves down, are you like, okay, that's kind of what he's gonna be?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting. I, I do think that you, you, you need to give credit when they have that polish, right. When they have multiple ways that they can win, but I always kind of come back to it. Like if, if just the pure speed or the pure power is not one element of your success in college, you can beat bad offensive linemen in college just working your hands, you know, but you better have at least one of speed or power to, to kind of, to have some success at the next level. Obviously you'd want to be able to have both of those and be polished, but the guys I think that are super polished in college that might have, you know, some production, but they have no get off juice um, and they've got no power. Like NFL tackles can, they're going to, they're going to swallow those guys. No question. Some more um, kind of breaking news today
0: or over the last 48, as you're listening, uh, Jimmy G UCL, from what you know, uh, number one, what does it look like timetable from him? And then also, like, would we have seen Trey Lance already a little bit more if they liked him? Are you believing that he's had his best three weeks of practice and that everything's good? Can they pull
5: this thing off? Well, I think I, you know, he didn't play great when he got his opportunity earlier, but then he was hurt. Like I think he had a toe or something. Like Trey mm-hmm. Lance had some something wrong with him. He had some type of injury. He was battling through. Um, and then we didn't really, you know, we haven't really seen him since. I believe in the kid. Like he's one of those guys where I kind of learned my lesson. I go back to the, uh, you know, kind of the Mahomes and the Josh Allen drafts, right? Of guys that have all this physical ability. And then you add they're highly intelligent and they work really hard. You're like, eventually they're going to just figure it out. I mean, that's where I am with Trey Lance. So whether or not we see that this year or whether that's something we see, you know, a year or two from now, like he's eventually going to put the puzzle together because he's just too physically gifted um, and he's too smart and he works too hard. So I'm excited to see him. You know, we haven't heard you know when mahomes was in when's in kc sitting behind alex smith like all that stuff was leaking out of there like this dude's putting on a show in practice like maybe the rest of the world hasn't seen this guy but just wait like this is this kid's going to be unbelievable we haven't heard that same information you know leaking out of san francisco but maybe that's just because kyle you know is not uh not 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 letting stuff out of the building who knows you get wally pipped by a uh... Trey Lance. Yeah. But
2: let's say Jimmy G comes back and I, I think the three of us were on the Niners against the Titans and yep. they gave out the stat that when Jimmy G throws a pick, it goes downhill fast.
0: <laughs> very very downhill.
2: Respectfully, man. is there a quarterback you would trust less in the playoffs than Jimmy G? I mean, Tua is completing every ball granted Some it's people would 3 say yards Carson downfield
0: Lent of the te- I mean, Baker's eliminated at this point. But yeah, Jimmy scares me. Personally, yeah. I mean, I play with Jimmy. I really like Jimmy, but he scares me. Like sometimes I do not know where the ball is going to go.
5: I mean, I just go back to that championship game, right? I mean, I know they ran the ball down the the Packers' throat that Super Bowl year, but what they throw the ball like three times, Like seven, seven times? I want to say. Yeah, it, I mean, they, they didn't they didn't throw the ball at all, and it was like I get the sense, and I saw it in the game of the night against the Titans before the first half. It was like a minute twenty. They had timeouts. Yeah, um, they get the ball back, and they just and Kyle just kind of runs out the half, and I'm like. Like,
0: I remember Green that. He, yeah, he was almost like, we're going into the no, tunnel. Yeah. Like, no, no chance. It. Yeah.
5: Think about all these teams that, you know, you think about the Green Bays, the Buffaloes, the Kansas City's, like Dallas is like, they're featuring their quarterback and you just get the sense with Jimmy like oh my gosh he's trying to hide him like just like no 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 no. Detroit, stay away,
0: stay to, Detroit tried to get Detroit got points backed up with under two minutes to go against the Cardinals last week like yeah that's the aggressiveness <laughs> that Dan Campbell had with yeah. Jared Goff um, or it was was it Blau or Goff in and it was Goff in that game it was before Blau came in this past week but yeah like that says it all when in a game that's relatively low scoring you're at like the 30 or whatever it was and you got yeah. a minute and 20 to go and you're like ah eh, no I think We'll go to the half. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and to compare, I heard somebody say this earlier. They're like, hey, they could end up in a situation where they ha- they can win multiple games in the playoffs and throw the ball five times a game. That was different. They had two really good matchups to do that in that playoff run, and they were better. Like, yeah. they, they, they had Minnesota, and they would just kick in those ends asses. As George Kittle was putting on a clinic that day, (laughs) Everson Griffin still remembers that. And then the next week, uh, the Packers were not built for that fight. So I don't think it's the same year for them, but it's a shame because they've done a really good job clawing them their way into a a playoff contending spot. I was wondering, because I know you've watched, what's wrong with the Cardinals offense right now? Because the first month of the season, it was everybody's getting targets, it's 30 points a game. We're celebrating Cliff Kingsbury. uh, And the stat here, I don't know if you saw this stat with Cliff, but a combined 42, 20, and one games, one through seven at Texas Tech and in Arizona, and then the rest of the year, a combined 16 and 43. Have they failed to adapt, or is it something fundamentally flawed with their personnel, with
5: their scheme? I think, you know, some of it. I think in college, it can be a little bit skewed with those numbers too, because you schedule, most teams schedule their cupcakes early and you get your better conference opponents later in the season. Yeah. So that factors into that. But in the NFL, you know, they were Kyler's first year. They were terrible the whole year. His second year, they completely collapsed at the end of the year. And then this year they're basically in the middle of a collapse. I think some of that can be attributed to the fact that Kyler's, you know, he's not a big guy. I think that he's had injuries and I think he's had performance. So like, I think, and I think those things are all married together. Like he's not, he hasn't been totally healthy. He's missed some games. Hasn't been that same guy later in the season. I think his legs are a little bit dead. Um, So he's not quite as dynamic and as explosive as he is, you know, earlier on in the season. And then when you watch the tape, Chris, like these he's he's gotta get comfortable being, you know, kind of bored and taking layups because they spread you out so far. There's there's little easy completions baked in there. He gets a little bit big play happy and big play, you know, kind of seeking that instead of just taking the easy stuff that's there and just methodically moving the ball down the field. They've kind of gotten away from that a little bit. I think it's bit him.
0: You made a great point. We were talking the other day about like and I don't think about it this way, like you take for granted that Lamar Jackson or Kyler, these guys that like their speed and athleticism is a real scary tool as a defense, Mm -hmm. um, that they're going to be fresh the entire year. Like even if Lamar doesn't get hit like routinely, he has this great ability to not take big shots, which is Mm -hmm. incredible. But it wears them down. Like you don't see the same pop. You you really don't. When you squint and you look at it, um, you know, now, granted, Kyler broke a runoff for, like, 55 yards the other day, but the the same explosion's not there. And I wonder if people, you know, now that we've totally transitioned to athletic quarterbacks, like, that's the way we're, we're, the game is moving. But how do we actually, over the course of a 17-game season, like, kind of spell them?
5: Yeah. No, I... I... And I think it doesn't even just show up when they're running. You talk about him popping a run; you can pop a run here or there. But then you're just—you don't have your legs as a thrower. Like you're just more is asked of you than some of these other quarterbacks throughout the whole year. And in a long season, I think it takes its toll. Now you got freaks like you know, like Cam Newton was, or like Josh Allen is. Like those guys are built for that. Like they're—they're not going to physically you know break down or wear down when they're young and in their prime. It's—it's a little bit different. But we we were having that conversation the other day, and I just kind of brought it up. You know, when you see a guy like Huntley go out there and have some success, and you can say, "Okay, man, like this would be an uncomfortable conversation to have with a guy that's won MVP," but you could be like, "Dude, look, when you're fresh, you're a different player. Like you're just you're dynamic, and as you continue to get older." Um, we still want you to be able to run because that's a huge part of what we do. So maybe we can identify some spots in the schedule, like they do, you know, in the NBA or in baseball, and kind of use the load management route and say, "Hey, Huntley, we can beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. We played. Yeah, we're playing five. the Jets tonight. You know, yeah, like... we got them. So let's let Huntley get this weekend. There. You add that. Maybe you can find another game later in the year. Or maybe it's a situation where, hey, you know, we get a 17-point lead in the first half against a bad team. Get him out of there. We're going to get this a kid bit, some work, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let that kid get out there. Then you have the bye week, and now you've all of a sudden, you've kind of given him three kind of markers to get a little extra rest so that you keep his legs alive. So
0: you're basically proposing Lamar to Carolina, the next uh, <laughs>
5: Matt Rule, Lamar <laughs> Jackson, I, I, marriage. I was following that on social, <laughs> so I was, I was at the Charger game. And then – uh I would like check in on on Twitter or whatever, see what was going on around the league, and I was like, kind of trying to. I was that was taking over Twitter. Yeah, who's like, playing yeah, I don't, quarterback? Chris, yeah, I don't, yeah. Lo- I don't love that.
2: A truss is a framework typically consisting of rafters, posts, and struts supporting a roof, bridge, or other structure. Yeah. So it's literally like managing load. We're just talking about big, big trust, trust yeah, load big management. Trust. Man, yeah, it's a load. Somebody needs to write
0: Jim once he gets over Joe Burrow and, and Wink and all those guys, uh, and, and tell them that it's perfectly in line with your branding. Let's get this guy some some rest. Um, no, I, mean, I I just say with the Cardinals, man, it's frustrating because you're on your rookie deal yeah. with Kyler. Like the window is now. This is a really good football team. I mean, they have some holes. I it's just the kitchen is gonna get hot it's already hot for cliff like you have to take advantage of these great generational talents when you're on your first deal and no so doubt. we'll see i mean they could go on a run here but i one of the biggest problems i see for them is i don't know if you notice this they don't have a lot of good hot options like i'm watching like third and four third and three the ball needs to come out now. Like, there's not a quick option for them no a lot nuke. of time. No nuke. Yeah, nuke. Yeah, I mean, th- it just feels like to me they're a little bit off kilter, and this is going to be a big test for Cliff. You talk about another guy in a rookie deal who, um, you know, you cover the Chargers mm-hmm. uh every week. What is wrong with this team? And I hate to be negative about it because th- there's yeah. a lot right with them, but it's so tantalizing. I don't know if you get this feeling as well, but you're just like. Where are the holes? I mean, there's personnel holes, obviously. And when you're missing Joey Bosa, that's a big deal. Um, when you're missing players with co- due to COVID, that's a big deal. But it was the Texans last week. You know, yeah. like, wh- what did they exploit? Can the Chargers fix these problems and be
5: consistent? Can they win out? Yeah, I mean, it, we, we were sitting there at the end of the game. I was telling um, Matt Money-Smith, who's doing the play-by-play, I'm like, look, you know, we can all look at this. And I'm sure a lot of people look at it and say, you take – you know, Joey Bosa doesn't play. Derwin James doesn't play. Tranquil gets hurt early. Justin Jones doesn't play. Michael Davis doesn't play. Like those, that's a lot of starters. I'm like, until you look over to the side, and you realize the Houston Texans, who are the Houston Texans first and foremost, they're not any good. Yeah. And now they're minus like four of their regular starting offensive linemen. Um. So and they were without Brandon Cooks, who's their you know their key weapon, their only. On my fantasy thing is
0: a key weapon too. One championship, anyways. Nice, so, would overcome, yeah, but overcome you. Derek
5: Henry but, hurt too on my team anyways, Dan. Yeah. man it's yeah. still still to make it all happen. Yeah. that's says a lot about the owner. Um, you know <laughs> to, to me when you watch it, everything like when you see when they were like dead last in third down defense before that game, so mm-hmm. even you know when they've had guys, they've been terrible on third down, and they had been better against the run um over the last month, and then that that went reverted right back to form of the issues they had. I mean that Kenneth Murray. Uh, playing on the edge, he, trying to find a spot for him where he's comfortable. Um, but because they were missing Bosa and his backup rump wasn't playing, they let you know Murray play out there on the edge. And he just he's not real comfortable there yet. So they're struggling getting off blocks at the line of scrimmage. The linebackers are getting swallowed up a little bit. And then they're missing tackles at the third level. So, I mean, if you can't get off the field on third down, you can't stop the run. Um, your offense didn't get out on the field. So, uh, and they moved the ball offensively up and down the field. You know, I think the Chargers maybe only punted one time in the whole game. But uh, but missing uh, Eckler, I
0: mean, like missing that that safety blanket, and missing a couple of those guys can really be disruptive. I mean, what do you think
5: about this? What do you think about this? I want to ask you this because I, you know, been around teams, I've been around. There's always like when stuff when you have a game like this, right? You can't lose this game. Like there's three games left. You're you're fighting for a playoff position usually you have one of those guys that's just like this is not happening like th- this is not happening and I think that Derwin James is that guy so you know maybe him that not was being f- out first there first in my mind yeah. would be Derwin but I yeah you know
0: yeah you're right I mean like you have to walk into that stadium and somebody's like a teammate's gotta you know you gotta shake some people man yeah. like wake up I know mm-hmm. it's a I think it was an early game. Uh, the whole thing. There was like
5: twenty thousand people in the stadium. twenty thousand people yeah. in the
0: stadium. You know, like a big emotional letdown from from that last game. Like this is a tailor made trap game, and you get trapped. Yeah. You know. Did you have
5: guys though, like that you played yeah. with? Was there like like who who would who would do that? Like who are you around that would just like, hey guys, this is this is not happening. Fuck. I
0: mean, when I got old, it was me. But um, you yeah. know, early in my career would be like a. Well, we were never in a position throughout the first eight years of my career. We were on the other side.
5: So we we were the team that would
0: ambush like Drew Brees when he came into town. Like they were 10-1 and one and then we'd yeah. be, we were talking about this recently. I mean, there were a few games like that where we were the Lions and somebody else was the Cardinals. But, you know, when I get to New England, obviously it's, it's Brady, it's Devin McCourty, mm-hmm. it's Matt Slater. It's like there's... You see how easily those names roll off the tongue? Yeah, yeah, And there's another sheet of names, like Dante Hightower, one of the best leaders I've ever been around, regardless of age, status, anything. Maybe the best leader I've ever been around on defense. And then, you know, when I got to Philly, it was, yeah, it was me, Fletch, Malcolm. Like, mm-hmm. you're right. There have to be those guys on a team that has championship aspirations that can shake people and say, like, hey, it's fucking Wednesday, but you need to yeah. your alarm clock needs to be going off right now, dude. Like... You know, and so I, I look around that roster, and the one thing with Justin Herbert, being a young guy, not being incredibly vocal, it seems, which mm-hmm. is not a problem, Yeah, but then you've got to have guys that can kind of
5: get in your shit a little bit, and I don't yeah. know. You know, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, I, I, saw it. I saw it in my time in Baltimore they had it was the same thing there was a bunch of guys between you know Ray and Ed Reed and Suggs those guys were all like they they had dominant personalities it would not let that happen right. but then i went to cleveland and i was like there there's nobody here to fill that spot like it's just it didn't exist culture's
0: a weird thing i mean in the nfl like you know which teams actually maintain a culture and can like you know baltimore's one you know who baltimore is Mm-hmm. this year and 15 years ago, like they're, they're kind of, they have the same mindset and a lot of that is dependent on winning and, and coaching and that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, part of the culture you have to have is a couple of veterans that aren't mm-hmm. afraid to, you know, shake it up, speak their mind, get people going. And a, you know, a team who right now needs to have veteran leadership and they got plenty of it is the the Pats and I wonder, you know, watching that game, we said this after the first game, I said, when, we, when they play later in the year, it's going to be more indicative of what this matchup really looks like. Yeah. And um, that's not a great thing for New England, as you could see. They see each other again. They probably will. I think they might. Um, what do you think happens, and do you think any of these problems
5: are solvable for the Patriots if they see them again? I don't know, man. I I just think if they played Buffalo in regular weather that Buffalo wins that first meeting as well, they're just, a, I think they're a better team. And I think the gap at quarterback and it's no slight on Mac Jones. He's, he's played great. He's a rookie, but the gap between the quarterbacks there is enormous. And I think that, that was on display the other day. And I don't see that really changing, you know, provided they don't play in a freaking, you know, typhoon or They'll whatever. They'll dial up, they up in some the, weather up yeah. there. They'll do a Buffalo Wild Wings yeah. thing up there.
0: <laughs> they really will. I mean, it's just be New England luck. They'll be, uh, but I mean, yeah, when Josh is on, the, some of those throws outside the
5: numbers, there's no defense for that. No. How about some of the ones, yeah, where he's outside, throwing back inside the hash. And you're like, dude, good luck with that. Not to mention, uh, you know, fourth and one, they can boot him. He can make three guys miss, I mean, that's, that's three not fair. big athletes.
0: Some of the best athletes yeah. I've ever seen, like Jamie Collins and guys like that. But like you've neutralized that second level of like basically Monstars because mm-hmm. you have one at quarterback and who, who converted what? Um, you know, he goes he 12 for 64 running the ball. We said that, hey, if you want to win with the Bills, you got to burn the ships and say 10-15 hey, carries a week for Josh. Uh, yeah. You know, four first downs on his head. And one of the big things was 6-12 to 12 on third down. And that's the frustrating thing. A lot the same way that, that the Chiefs are, have become this relatively check-down operation. Check-down being an, a relative term. Yeah. Um, to me, the Bills don't scare me like, oh, one play. It's just like these continuous... An onslaught of darts mm-hmm. that you're just like, hey, and the Pats can't rush him. They didn't get a lot of pressure on him. Matt Judon didn't play big. Uh, he hasn't played mm-hmm. big in a couple weeks. But more than anything, DJ, they don't, they're don't. they not built to play from behind. The Pats are not no. built to play from behind. So if you jump them, this is what
5: happens. I think there's a couple teams like that, though. If you look at kind of the, the playoff format and the tournament, like – I don't think as great as the Colts have been playing, Like I don't think they want to find themselves no. down for 14 points in a playoff game either. No chance. No chance. I mean,
0: you play man against Mac. He struggles a little bit. And honestly, they're down Nelly right now. Nelson Aguilar, who people don't talk about a lot, but I wonder if that factors into the fact that they go 10% on third down, um, who Bill Bill pointed to to that phase of the game like specifically. When he gives you something in a press conference, that means he's really mad about it. Yeah. they were awful on third down i just i worry that this is kind of who they are this year. Maybe they can correct some of this stuff with weapons on the outside next year but um they might have a ceiling if they find themselves down although if you remember the j c jackson near pick in the fourth quarter at that point i think yeah. it's twenty six twenty one they're backed up j c picks that ball off that game's yeah. different and same thing in yeah. the in the end zone early in the game they followed that up with a touchdown so if you're a Pats
5: fan, like there's hope, but you got to hope that Josh Allen has a bad day too. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're Yeah, you're relying on that, and I just think that they're, you know, as you get into the postseason, and this is like not, not a lot, knock at all on Drew, but like Drew Brees. In the regular season versus Drew Brees in the postseason was just slightly different because, as you know, you've seen it when you get in the postseason, everything's a tick faster. Those windows are a little bit tighter, a little bit smaller, and I do think that arm strength starts to come into play a little bit more in the postseason than maybe it does during the regular season. You mix in weather um, and tight windows, like you got to make some big boy throws to go on a, on a deep postseason run. So I, I look at, at quarterback play in the postseason. I think it's more about kind of your ceiling. Than your floor at that position like mac has a really high floor he's high not gonna floor. be terrible a lot like Super his team high floor. a lot like his yeah. team absolutely You're gonna be in the postseason every year but like joe flacco is a great example joe flacco all the elite stuff all it's nonsense right but <laughs> is joe is joe flacco like a great player like he can play great. He has a super high ceiling. So would I bet on him to do that over 17 weeks? Not necessarily, but over a three-game stretch, he's capable of making big-time, big-time throws. And he did that over over a playoff run. Speaking
0: of that top-end like ceiling conversation, I said this the other day, and as the words were coming out of my mouth, I was like, man, if I say that in public, I might get killed. But I think Justin (laughs) Fields might be the best one uh, after all the smoke clears if they get this higher right. Now, that's an enormous if. If is a rangy yeah. word in the dictionary if you're a Chicago Bears fan. But I really do think that Justin Fields um, has got maybe the high, highest ceiling in the draft. I love his makeup, the whole thing. Do you think we've kind of just written him off for dead? Same thing with Zach Wilson. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence a little bit. Like, Mac, he arrived on scene, and they had this this beautiful car for him to drive. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, the other yep. guys are in, you know— Chrysler's not. No offense to who's <laughs> driving a Chrysler, like an old Chrysler. What do you think about Justin Fields? What do you think about these other rookie quarterbacks? Or we have, have we written them off too quickly? Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Dude, I was there for that. I think Davis Mills should be
5: next year's quarterback in Houston. Call me crazy. Draft somebody in He's going to yeah. be. I, I I would bet you money. He's I the like quarterback Davis next Mills, year, dude. He's better than anybody in this upcoming draft class. And to be totally honest, like just how they've played this year he would be second to Mac Jones in terms of all the rates of how they played. And you
0: called that early yeah. this season. You said, I keep an eye on this one name, Davis
5: Mills. And I didn't watch this... the Pac-12. Yeah, well, dude, he only started like 12 games. So yeah. he was a five-star quarterback, like the number one recruit in the country, and just got hurt a bunch at Stanford. Um, but he, And he played well. He was like a fascinating case because you, you just didn't think he was like super athletic because he would had the knee injuries and he right. had the freaking ginormous knee brace that he played with. And then he'd go to the pro day. And he's got no knee brace on and you're watching him run around. I think he ran like in the four sixes or something. I'm like, dude, this guy's actually a good athlete. It's kind of like how a linebacker with the old school, like, yeah, the the neck yeah, roll, cowboy like collar, you're going to yeah. be stiff. Like, I don't care if you aren't, you might be the most fluid guy in the world. You will look stiff. Yeah, you just a, look with like with all the
0: linebackers in the program, the movie, the program, you look like Alvin <laughs> yeah. Mack, but, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah. Davis Mills did great on the neck circumference test. He, long, his yeah. neck is not getting yeah. injured. That's one good yeah. thing about Davis Mills, but uh, okay. Okay, back to the thing. fields, yeah. Wilson. I'm not asking yeah. you to rank them or do any cute shit, yeah. but like do you is there any of them that you see a you know an an
5: excitement that maybe we haven't seen yet, you know, because people well. don't get it. Yeah, I think all of them have shown you the flashes, like the crazy thing. If, if you had told me that we'd be at this point in the season and Trevor Lawrence, like, I think somebody posted it since like late October has one touchdown pass. Yeah. Um, that's insane to me. Um, uh, but you did see some flashes with him. You've seen him early in the year. Zach Wilson, you saw with his legs, like he's a phenomenal athlete he's got he's got to get some help but we always talk about it on the on the podcast with bucky we talk about with these young quarterbacks you've got to have the three p's right you've got to have some some protection some playmakers and a play caller mm-hmm. and i think if you look at a lot of these rookie situations you could say man they're maybe oh for three maybe one for three yeah. like new england new england you look at protection check play caller check, check. Uh, and then playmakers solid, but you know, they have a run game that they can defend on. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a maybe. And the complimentary football, which is a, is, is a nice thing to have as well. Absolutely. But like, you know, you look at the Jags, like he doesn't have a ton of players around him. The offensive line's not very good and the offense is antiquated. So, um, yeah, got it. Let, let's wait. Let's get him some help here before we. Can yeah, Bevel. What these I guys thought are. you know
0: I was a little unrealistic, but I was like maybe we'll see something different. I don't know. Who do you like as that as that head coach down there? I've seen a lot of names floated.
5: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it would be interesting to see what happens. I think having somebody with some. You know, credibility having, you know, won and been a head coach would probably be the way to go down I know there with some experience. Yeah, go ahead. Who, who do you like? It's
0: it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't done my research, but I, I do yeah. love Doug. I mean, like, I, yeah. I played for him. He's a great dude. I'd be, he'd be the anti-Urban Meyer down there. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he'd walk in the building and people would be like, oh, I like this guy. I want to play hard for him because he respects me as a
5: man. Yeah, no. You know what I mean, that, that's the, the two f- names that I, had, yeah. that I had were Doug, and then you look at at Caldwell. Like those would be the two I think that would make a lot of sense down no there question. to try and to try and help nourish this young quarterback.
2: Interview requests at time of tape: Bowles, Leftwich, Quinn, Kellen Moore, Peterson, Caldwell, and Nathaniel Hackett.
0: Now I'm excited to see Leftwich at some point as a head coach. I don't know if it's going to be this time around but alright give me the worst matchup in the playoffs for the Cowboys. The Cowboys they beat the Ooh. dog out of the football team so now they're the Super Bowl favorites again we, you know Dak looked not great the last month but hey it's all its all gone now it's America's team so um,
5: give me the worst matchup the biggest speed bump for them Well I think I'll get laughed at for saying it but I think you could appreciate it like do you think they want to see the Philadelphia Eagles for the for the third time? I I don't. There's no fear. There's no fear factor. There's no. There's no fear factor with the Eagles. They don't have any. You know. There's no fear of the Dallas Cowboys. They can shorten the game. Yep. Um, They can run it. They can eat the clock. They can rush the quarterback. Like it's kind of a sneaky bad matchup for them. Well, yeah. Because the offensive line,
0: the offensive line, pretty good. Now you're scared of Randy Gregory. You're scared of Parsons. Like um, you're scared of Demarcus Lawrence. Like uh, that front's not quite scared of those guys. I'm. I'm sure they have like a healthy respect for them. Um and yeah, you can shorten that game. Uh but I don't think, and I could be wrong, at least since I was in Philly, I don't think uh we ever beat Zeke. Not once. Interesting. We Interesting. beat them once, even Super Bowl year. We went down there to Dallas and beat the dog out of them, but uh they had uh God, who was it? It was the, the old uh Washington football team running back, uh Alfred Morris. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I that. so like I don't know. That's my big question. Like if if the Eagles can stop the run against these guys, um you know, yeah, it could that could be a scrappy football game.
5: It's and kind of like it's just it's like I said, it's like a sneaky tough game for them. 3 times them. is the yeah.
0: you got to beat a team 3 times. That's really tough. Even the Saints
5: found that out last year with the Bucks. But so. would you say would you say like I I was looking at it from the top top of the of the conference like for Green Bay, I think Dallas is kind of a it is a tough matchup. That's their worst them.
0: matchup. Yeah. They're the best yeah. team in the league in my opinion right now. I know a lot of yeah. people are getting smitten with Kansas City because they beat they beat the Chiefs like 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 uh the Vikings beat the Chiefs for 45 <laughs>
5: minutes. Uh I I still think it's Green Bay. Who's the best team in the league right now? Yeah, I would probably lean towards Green Bay. I mean I just saw Kansas City live a couple weeks ago um and they were missing some they were missing some guys but um yeah I I just think their offensive line from a pass protection standpoint still worries me. Once you get in the postseason, I think their offensive line is actually built to run it maybe even more so than throw it. And yeah. I think once you, you get in and start seeing these elite D lines week after week in the postseason, that they can exploit that a little bit. But, um, you know, I think green Bay, even though they're missing those two studs on the offensive line uh, with Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, like it hasn't seemed to bother them. And Smith and Savage coming back. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Like, yeah, they've done an
0: amazing job. They're down to a third string technically left tackle. And Mm -hmm. I thought at the beginning of the season I was wrong about this. I said if there's one team whose offensive line situation is going to really hamper a contender, it's going to be Green Bay's. But not so, even with the toe injury. So knock on wood, uh, they keep that going. You got anything else for Daniel Jeremiah? Could go all day i could go all day burrow and empty i mean come on <laughs> yeah,
5: <laughs> like, yeah dude how
2: about it how about
5: that burrow and empty how
2: about joe burrow in general how about joe
0: burrow about, gen- oh,
5: so i love he he's like my favorite player in the league okay like he is yeah. my favorite and then I, i'll text him about four times a year yeah. um but but like after that other after that game of the night I just texted him. All my text said was dude. Just That, that was my text. <laughs> hey, we love Angry Burrow. Like you know when
0: Burrow shows up to the the uh, you know the Michael Jordan and I took that personally thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can tell when he's kind of got that mi- mindset and that was a bad recipe for Wink and the uh, Ravens the other he's day. He's
5: a savage. Like he is a, he is an absolute savage. And I I, lo- I absolutely love the guy. I love what he brings and he's you know we're You've talking about the empty stuff. I tweeted that out, but it's it's true. Like That's what he did at LSU. I mean, that, that, that jump that he made was all because they were like, either we're going to be an empty or we're getting five out. And I haven't seen anybody since I've been evaluating that's as quick just getting to number three and number four in the progression and the ball is gone. And they've got real, they got real dudes now that can win uh, on the outside. Yeah, because your number so three
0: is as good as some teams. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. like uh, draft somebody for them real quick.
5: Oh, for uh, for Cincinnati. They, yeah,
0: they they, they bypass the, the O line thing so far. Knock on wood, it's yeah. been good. Um,
5: probably going there early next year. Is there are they yeah. good tackles to look at next year? Yeah, yeah, it's actually a pretty good group. I also think like they're in the great spot where they can start building their team that they know they're gonna play with leads. Yeah. So like you you know, they have two good edge rushers now, but you can't have enough. Just can't keep, have enough. Just keep adding corners and edge rushers because you're gonna with this offense, you're gonna be playing with a lead a lot.
0: We did that in St. Louis and we never had leads. They were like, all right, let's just <laughs> let's get another corner, another edge rusher. This would be good
5: down ten points in the third.
0: Um Hey Daniel, lastly. Yeah, lastly.
2: That uh that quarterback from Virginia, he should uh probably return for his final I season with uh, with a fifth round grade now and come do the Kenny Pickett thing and come back as a first rounder next
5: year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they. I we got to get the we got to get the Virginia active in the portal. We're gonna have to do a little bit of work Let's in the get portal. By the way, I just saw you lost the offensive lineman to SC. Is he any Bobby good? Haskins? He's pretty good.
2: Yeah, he's good. Yeah. We lost one to Michigan, one to SMU. We're very active in
5: the portal. It's just, just the, other going the other way. The other way. We, we like doing yeah. that. Oh, but, dude, I, <laughs> I, I I was talking to somebody the other day with one of these uh, at a team, and dude, I was talking about the NIL and how it's changing. And this is like a big, you know, powerhouse program, and he was like. I'm like, how much are, like the top freshmen, like the top like five star dudes, like what are they, what are they going to pull in an IL? And he's like, the top handful are going to be close to a million, close to a million bucks. And then, uh, and then we start talking about some guys that were leaving and came out early that maybe shouldn't have come out. And he's like, yeah, like they used to joke and it was you know tongue in cheek, like these dudes are going to take a pay cut to go to the NFL. They're legitimately going to be guys that take pay cuts to go to the league. No like, that's question, gonna happen.
0: no question. And they're also going to find out what taxes Uh, because that's a motherfucker as well. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah thank you so much. Uh, Catch him on Move the Sticks and all over your Amazon streaming device. It's NFL Next. DJ thanks bro Thanks dude
2: Okay Fun show. Take care We're nearly on to 2022 The New Year's show is coming up. It is
0: I'm going to make a promise that I'm going to keep I don't even know if I even start to try to keep my New Year's resolutions usually. Oh, you're going to zag. But we'll do them. Find out next time on Greenlight. Y'all take care.